This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 152. I'm Nick Howell. And pretty certain that this Roman Reigns attempted murder investigation thing would already be over if the fashion police were still on the main roster. (laughs) I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the show. Uh, Nick, you know, hyperbolically speaking, we have been saying over the last few weeks, gosh, what a big show it is this week. Gosh, what a big show it is this week. Nick, uh, it's a huge show this week. I'm genuinely scared at how massive our show is as I'm looking down the notes here. There is so, so, so very much to discuss this week. Not only is the WWE on its road to SummerSlam, which is happening this Sunday, NXT is on the road to take over Toronto, which is this Saturday. Ring of Honor is on the way to Summer Supercard, which is Friday. Triple Mania just happened. Triple A's Triple Mania just happened. And the G1, by the way, the G1's also finishing up this weekend, and it's madness over there. Uh, We've narrowed it down to just a few people left. Spoilers will be abounding in our New Japan section uh, because the the proverbial doggy do has hit the fan <laughs> over in Japan. Uh, so and that's and that's not even mentioning AEW and the TV announcements that they've been talking about stuff going on over there. So and listener questions, Nick. Oh. Our our wonderful listeners and our patrons have have given us a bunch of fantastic questions this week of what you tell me is is true. Uh, so yeah, we got a lot to get to, Nick. Yes, we have we a do. ton to get to. Yes, so let's let's not waste any time. No more hyperbole. Let's get let's get right to it and let's do some housekeeping because we even have a lot of housekeeping to get to. Yes, we do. Uh, as it is the go home week for SummerSlam and Takeover, and we've launched all kinds of new stuff here uh, leading into August as we begin this kind of ninety day transition into what Ian and I are loosely referring to as the new era. Uh, of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Uh, we have the Gleam giveaway going over 400 entries already into that contest. Please make sure you're following all of our social channels by signing up for free merch. Who doesn't love free stuff? Absolutely head over and do that. Uh, you can find links to that on our Twitter. I think it's pinned, uh, as well as our Instagram and, and the Busted Wide Open discussion group. F- speaking of which, if you are not in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook, you're missing out. 
It's the hub of our operation. It's where we do all of our good fun times. And listeners and those of you in the chat, for those that might not be in the group, please let them know. Please pass the good word about the BWO discussion Mm. group over on Facebook. You definitely want to be in there because that's where we do everything first. Also, follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Nick's starting to play with stories on Instagram. You know, it's one of those things that I didn't even really knew existed until about two weeks ago, but... Yeah, we're having some fun I still over on didn't Instagram. know they existed. Yeah. I don't know what they are. I'm so a Luddite. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, and if you're signed up for the Gleam giveaway, you're going to do that anyway. So all of that good stuff. And Ian, last but certainly not least, uh, we love our patrons. We definitely want people to uh, head over and get access to exclusive, exclusive bonus episodes, access to merch, uh, the ability to send in listener questions, all of that stuff. And hot off the presses, we are bringing back our renowned patron pickums for renowned. SummerSlam. Yes. yes. With fantastic prizes such as uh, T-shirts. We've got some go- a good booby prize we're going to do unique, this time. Unique stuff. Yeah, unique stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to be a patron at at least the $5 tier in order to be eligible for the, uh, the prize pool. I'll put Come that play loosely. with us. Yes. Come play with us. You even have an advantage because you know what we'll be picking ahead of time there you because go we're going to discuss it on this show and it, there is actually a prize for beating the host of the show like anyone who beats us gets a gets a little special prize to indicate that you beat us uh not to mention that the number one patron overall regardless of if you beat us or not number one patron overall in our pickums gets a unique shirt to declare to the world that they are the busted wide open champion of pickums so yep. good stuff so if at you least want to be for up on that at least for SummerSlam, for this round, it's gonna, this is going to continue, of course, yep. but uh, for this particular one, absolutely. But yeah, though this, and so sign up as our, or at least our five dollar tier on Patreon.com, and uh, the sheet for that will be out tomorrow. We were just waiting for WWE to finalize their freaking card, which of course, Nick, they'll change he, something he could, last minute and mess it all up. Oh yeah, then the day of they'll probably add like four matches and take one away. So, right. but that's okay. We'll do our best based on the information that we have right now. We yep. will make the sheet up yep. and it will be out tomorrow if you are a five dollar or above patron yes goodness all kinds of good stuff and i'm going to throw one more in here for housekeeping we have a drive going for youtube subscribers we're up to as you can see here on the screen if you're watching live we've gained almost 50 followers just in the last week that's what we need that's what we need and you can do that as part of the glean giveaway uh or you can just come subscribe to the youtube channel at youtube.com slash busted wide open because if if we can hit 1,000 subscribers by October 4th, by the time SmackDown airs on Fox, which they've been promoting the hell out of all week, mm. um, if, we, if we can hit 1,000 subscribers by the time Fox airs SmackDown Live on October 4th, 56 days, guys, Sir Ian Dangerous will sing Tai Chi's entrance th- song at karaoke recorded and posted on YouTube. Now, mm-hmm. if we can do it by the end of August which leaves us about 25 days here, if I'm doing my math right. In addition, Nick will also sing Nia Jax's entrance yeah, and theme song yeah. at karaoke and record it. You will get yes. both if we can get it done by the end of August. So, guys, make sure. There are thousands and thousands of you listening out there. I know you are out there. Yes. All you have to do is go click subscribe on the YouTube channel, uh, and we Please. can get, it, get that goal there, and we can have us some perpetually fantastic content for the world to mock us. Please do it quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do this alone. Right. I want Nick to go down with me. So 
Yes, please, everyone, get everyone subscribed to that YouTube channel as soon as possible. Nick, uh, I, I think that's it for housekeeping, yeah. which is good, because we have so much show, and we need to get started by talking about Monday Night Raw. Whew. Um, things heated up a little bit on uh, on Monday Night Raw. It, it, it seemed almost like the um, the Daniel Bryan takeover Samoa Joe hijacks Monday Night mm-hmm. Raw. Yeah, well, Woo. kind of. He started off the show instead of going from the graphics straight to the announcers. We went to Joe on the announce table, screaming about how he was going to take over the show until he got an apology from Roman Reigns for besmirching his good name and implicating him in the attack on Roman Reigns last week when the uh, the the boxes and the structure fell on Roman and barely uh, kept from killing him. Um, but Joe didn't really hijack the show because Becky interrupted him and went and had a match and it was like the show kept going. Yeah, she just until did later in the- Yeah, okay. So, so Joe didn't really hijack the show until later when he actually did hijack the show again and said, I'm not leaving the ring until Roman apologizes uh, and then finds out that Roman's actually showing up in his car, so Joe runs outside to go accost Roman at his car, yelling at him the whole way, running his mouth, until as Roman was getting out of his car, another car comes out of nowhere and sideswipes Roman's car, narrowly missing him uh, through some some tricky editing. <laughs> and uh, and then, yeah, and then speeds away. Joe is left standing there aghast while Roman is recovering inside the car, goes over, and immediately, Joe, instead of taking advantage of the situation and being a dick or running away or whatever, he instead starts calling for security and, and, and medic and stuff like that and actually starts looking after Roman Reigns until Triple H and the crew arrive. You just stay down, so that, was, that was interesting. You turn Samoa brother all turn of a sudden is, when something like yeah. that happens. I kind of dug that. I got to be honest. It, it's a little I, weird in the context of WWE, but I, my sportsman heart, my you know, for that kind of stuff like went kind of, mm, yes. I actually have a conspiracy theory about what Joe is doing okay. that will come later in the show as more details of this angle emerge. So I, I will I will put that on the shelf for right now. We will simply say that that happened. Was this so obviously we've had we've had car attacks before. It's been a while. Uh, but we've had car attacks before. Was this exciting to you? Was it shocking? Like the whole Joe and Roman thing here? Or was it a little silly? Like what what was your take on all this? No, I you know in the in the vein of WWE soap opera, this is this is fantastic. This is the kind of stuff that we all love. Uh, you know, it, there's a certain element of wanting to watch wrestling, but the, you know, there's the G1 for that. I, I like a little soap opera with my <laughs> WWE. You know, so I dig this. This is some of the so these antics and uh, charades and all kinds of stuff that happened during the Attitude Era is part of what we all loved about the Attitude Era, and some people hated. So it, it well, I dig this kind of stuff. I'm on even I'm beyond. On that I mean, side. this went. This was in ruthless aggression. This is this has yeah. been kind of a, a tried and true trope is is outside attacks and that kind of thing. So yeah, fine, all right. And honestly, the way that they left it on Raw, I was curious to see where they were going with this. Someone is trying to kill Roman Reigns, not just like wound him and his career. They're trying to kill him. And uh, obviously, the immediate speculation was that Jimmy Uso just got drunk again and didn't know where he was in the parking lot. But I think it, I think they're playing it as though it was actually someone trying to get Roman Reigns. Actually, they they totally are because. This continued on SmackDown, so we'll continue this story when we get to that segment. Yes. Meanwhile, Monday Night Raw, let's talk about Becky. Like we said, she came out and had a match. Not just any match. She teamed up with Charlotte? Yeah. Huh? I kind of went To face huh? off against Natalia, who's Becky's facing on Sunday, and Trish Stratus, who Charlotte is facing on Sunday. Was this 
uh, so right off the bat, like I thought this was interesting booking because usually you don't get face and heel teaming up against face and heel. Was this an interesting enough dynamic for you? Uh, or did this, just, this, did this make no sense? Um, I equated this a little bit to kind of what they do during the G1 with the tag matches of the non-performing blocks of the night. You know, they they put the, the opposing you know things against each other in tag teams loosely. But like I'm making ju- a loose yeah. allegory there, right? Very loose because, as you just said, New Japan is much more wrestling sports based. This is this is much more soap opera. Yeah, this whole thing and, went to shit really quick. Let's just be well, clear but, about that. Well, let's also call a spade a spade and say that the dynamic was entertaining because you know Becky and Charlotte didn't get along. Charlotte hard tagged herself in, and then. Uh, you know, decided to whoop up on Natalia, and then before Becky tagged herself back in, and Charlotte ditched her, and uh, Becky ended up getting put in the sharpshooter until uh, the the she, Natalia because she got to the ropes. Natalia wouldn't release the hold, so Natalia got DQ'd. You'll notice that in nowhere in that description that I say that Trish Stratus got in the ring because she didn't she until didn't. the end when she tried to get Natalia off of Becky, and Natalia just kind of pushed her, and that was it. I think that was the that most was interesting the part of me was like Natalia went in on Trish and I'm like, aren't you guys supposed to be besties? Yeah. Oh, aren't, aren't, wait, who's feuding with who here? Right. I don't, I don't yeah, understand was, what's happening right now. <laughs> it was a bizarre way to build towards both of their individual matches. I yeah. get the intent. I get the intent. But I, I think it was uh, a little muddled, if, if that makes sense. I think, it, I think it muddied the waters more than it actually made us salivate more. I, I think that the aggression at the end of the match between Natalia and Becky helped, but Trish and Charlotte to me is still kind of a mess of a build. Um, but that's just because there's really nothing there other than Trish is a mom and wants to come back to stake her place in history. And Charlotte's only going to beat her because Charlotte is Charlotte and needs to get all the accolades. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a bit flat of a segment. But uh, not as flat of a segment was the Miz TV segment that happened later in the show. And that was when uh, Miz was out in the ring, calls out Shawn Michaels, and, uh, and of course, Dolph Ziggler. We're going to have a contract signing. We're going to have a contract signing between Miz and Dolph. And Dolph gets in the ring, runs his mouth like he always does, and signs the contract. And Miz starts chuckling and saying, you know what, buddy? You should have read the fine print a little better because you and I are going to have a match on Monday. That was not for SummerSlam. You're going to face a legend at SummerSlam. And, of course, Dolph looks right over at HBK, who's standing right there. HBK gives him the best, I don't know, buddy, it's not me, face. And then whose music should kick? But the guy we've been telling you it was going to be for two and a half weeks, Goldberg, (laughs) comes out of the back. So it's Uh, official. It's official. It's Dolph Goldberg at SummerSlam. Yay. Uh, Dolph skedaddled out of the ring and Goldberg said, guess what, son? You're next. All right, great. Are you excited at all for this, Nick, or is Goldberg dead to you? Goldberg's not dead to me. Goldberg's entrance is one of a handful that always pop me. Undertaker, uh, funny enough, Batista is one. Uh, I'll admit that openly. Um, One, because I love Saliva, the band that sings that song, and the Machine Gun. Anyway. Uh, yes. Anytime I see Woods. So when I, when I, yeah, right, exactly. That's why I marked out when he did that. But the, the Goldberg entrance always gets me when Dolph did it this week. I was just like, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing. This shit again from two years ago. Come on, dude. Dolph faked like he was going to do the Goldberg entrance. Uh, and like it was Goldberg, but turned out it was Dolph, but then Goldberg actually came out. Right. Um, yeah, I think this whole angle 
with Dolph and Goldberg here really depends on how much of a mark you are for Goldberg. If you can just forgive everything and are just happy to see him, you're probably really psyched about this. Yeah. And if they're trying to get a whole bunch of lapsed fans to come back and watch SummerSlam because they're going to be promoting this over here a lot more than they would the Saudi Arabia show where Goldberg had his absolutely awful performance against Undertaker because they really didn't promote that a whole lot over here uh, except for you know existing WWE Network members. But SummerSlam, they're really promoting hard to the mainstream media. And so if they're trying to get casuals and lapsed fans that saying, oh, Goldberg's coming back. Yeah, that's okay. That's, that could be a money match. I see that. But as far as someone who's been watching the, pro, uh, the, the product regularly, I don't see this as being something that's really going to drop your jaw unless you're a really big Goldberg fan. So yeah. aside, you know, I actually, I kind of feel bad for, because here's the other thing. Like for me, the match I would have wanted to see until recently was HBK and Dolph Ziggler, right? Isn't that the comparison? Dolph Ziggler's always been kind of the poor man's Shawn Michaels. It'd been nice to see the two of them go at it. And that's what they were building towards with Miz and all that stuff. It's what it seemed the swerve was. Everyone thought it was going to be HBK and then Goldberg's music hit and half the crowd went, yay, and half the crowd went, aw. I will say I like what they did, HBK and Miz, during the contract signing. I like that they tilted on him like that. Go, yeah. yeah, it ain't going to be us. Yeah, it's not that me. Was and Shawn Michaels going, me, me either. <laughs> it was a fun swerve. It was a fun yeah. swerve. It was, it was well done. But again, I, I, you know, I can't, I, I don't even know if I want HBK uh, anymore against Ziggler because Ziggler's still in his prime. Yeah. Maybe on the far side of it, but he's still, you know, he can still go with anybody. And HBK cannot. And I don't know if it would really be good. And that's one thing, that's one reason Shawn Michaels in an interview has said he kind of doesn't want to do that because it wouldn't make him look good. You know, he'd look good against a bigger guy still, but someone like Dolph, he just wouldn't look like his old self again. And so from that standpoint, I get where he's coming from. Yeah, if this goes but 10 anyway, minutes, I'll be impressed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If it goes five minutes, I'll be impressed. Yeah, yeah Ziggler getting destroyed on Sunday, uh, but not destroyed as badly as Seth Rollins, who once again came out this week. Brock Lesnar was again. He was on Monday Night Raw. Good grief. Two weeks in a row. What is happening, Nick? I, Must be know, a SummerSlam build. Is he okay with everybody now that he's showing up all the time? I mean, weigh in, no. guys. Is is this uh, is this okay? Are we are we okay with Brock now? Oh, he's showing up now. Oh, yeah, he can be champion. I, I don't know. I'm not there yet. That's kind of where I, I weigh in on this. I might have to add. I, we're getting blown up in the chat here. I might have to add something in our pickums. Uh, plus or minus how many minutes does the bell to bell does the Goldberg Ziggler match go? <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be a low number. Single the uh, the tiebreaker could be how long the Goldberg entrance goes because it's arguably longer than the match. I think is what's yeah. Those are yeah, pretty standard. That's what they're though. joking about. Yeah, five and a half minutes. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be oh, it's gonna be twice, two to three times the length of the match. Anyway, so okay, so this was here. Here we go. Uh, we got Brock out in the ring. Heyman's giving the same old promo, basically saying Seth has got too many balls for his, you know, for his brains, and uh, his he's writing checks his body can't cash. And of course, out comes, out limps a broken Seth Rollins to the ring with a chair, and he gets up on the ran- on the the edge of the ring, gets in the ring, runs at Brock, and immediately gets booted in the gut, dropped to the floor, and just beaten pillar to post around the ring until he's broken in the corner. Brock F5s him a couple of times and walks away. And Seth just completely destroyed over on the side of the rings, gets a mic, and gives what I can only describe as a high school theater level performance uh, promo 
where he says, this is all I've, I, I don't know how to do anything else. Wrestling's my, all I ever do. So I'm going to go to SummerSlam. I'll be there at SummerSlam and I will, I guarantee I'll beat Brock Lesnar. I, I, I paraphrase, yeah. but it was Nick. How did you feel about his promo? Because I think I've made clear how I felt about it. That, that's not the Seth Rollins that I've come to enjoy and love over the course of this year. Um, yeah, that felt that a little bit like this online too. He felt exhausted. He felt like almost flippant. Like, yeah, I don't care what you guys say. I'm just going to go do this thing. I'm going to beat him. And that's it. Yeah. Well, for and, a heel, I, think- I like that. I think where he was going for was that he was broken or near broken. But, and, and again, let's be clear. We, when we, we take the writers to task on, this, on these shows a lot, Nick. Yeah. The writing was there. Yeah. The words that he was saying were good words. That was a good script. But I his want that to come out as was fire, as babyface fire, what he said. Yeah. Yeah, no, what he, what, he had a disconnect. His choices, and we're going to get some ugh, acting technique terminology here. His choices were the wrong choices in this in this moment in his monologue yeah. if you will right he was he made the wrong choices based on his quote character because my issue is he's never really had a defined character and in this scene if we want to call it that he once again fell victim to dumb babyface syndrome which is here's a guy who's being who were being sold as being the architect as being a, a planner a strategist and yet his strategy is to grab a chair and run right into the gaping maw of death that is Brock Lesnar, get beaten down again with who knows what kind of internal injuries he's supposed to have, and then basically quietly accept his fate while leaning against the ropes. That's not, for one, that's not really a good, that's not a good character that we want to get behind, for one thing. That's not the Seth Rollins we've been, that we've been sold yeah. up until this point. And then his performance on top of it was not the kind, like, this is, the promo that he had on Ms. TV a couple of weeks ago was very similar, where you're like, who is this guy? Yeah. This isn't, this isn't the Seth Rollins that we got behind last, late last year. You know, the, the, the fire and the des- fire and desire, not Mandy and Sonya, but the fire and desire that we <laughs> saw in this character, you know, that he's, he's smart, he's capable, uh, he's a workhorse, he's going to go out there and... Uh, get the job done. Whereas here, you're like, you're just an idiot to get his ass kicked. Yeah, that's what I. That's kind of what I felt like too. Yeah. And you're going to do the same thing again on Sunday. But would we have said the same thing if we had gotten yet another Seth Rollins? I'm going to come out. I'm going to kick his ass. Again, I think I think that the dumb babyface action aside of running into the ring and getting murdered by Brock Lesnar, I think there was a possibility here to have a good promo because again, I think the writing was there. I, th- yep. I truly do yep. believe that the writing was there and the performance was the issue here. Yep. And I'm not saying this because I'm, I'm crowding on Seth. There's a lot of people who actually right now, which is b- between his, <laughs> he's had a bad summer for tweets. <laughs> Our boy, <laughs> Seth Rollins. He's had a couple of really dumb ones. Um, and he's kind of exposed uh, maybe some less than less than savory aspects of his real life character, uh, Colby Lopez, but uh, not as opposed to Seth Rollins. But that all aside, like just strictly talking about a performer here, and and not as a wrestling performer because he is he is you know at the top in the world in terms of wrestling performers. Like let's make that clear, he really is. But in terms of an acting performance, he really just he blew this, and I'm not I'm not. You know, jumping on the anti-Seth bandwagon, I'm stepping back and calling this as I see it. 
as an acting performance. And that's sorry, that's what these guys are. It's yeah. not just wrestlers and, and and sports entertainers and athletes. They're also actors. And Seth has had some very good acting moments. This was one of his worst. Yeah, not it was good. just the absolute wrong, absolute wrong choice. So, I hate to say it, but uh, you know this was a this was a rough way to go into this match. So we yeah. will see what goes down on Sunday. There, we also had a uh, what started off as a tag match: Anderson and Gallows against uh, two thirds uh, of the New Day. Biggie and uh, and Xavier Woods, right? But it turned into a very quickly into a whole OC beatdown of the two New Day guys, who were then saved by Ricochet, and then we had a triple threat, a three on three tag match, mm. which was which was by the way delicious. That was yes. a lovely match. <laughs> Put them eyeballs, yes, all <laughs> yeah. day. Give me that. Uh, do you think that they're trying to build some sort of like Raw versus SmackDown tag team friction here? Like, is there a feud there? Or was this just for, for convenience's sake? I don't know. Does anybody know what the next major pay-per-view is? Uh, it's either Hell in a Cell or Clash of Champions. That's a or, major. Like, the, oh, ne- major. the next of the big four is Survivor Series. So, yeah, we could be uh, warming that up a little there. bit. But I'm not, I'm not hedging any bets until – or I'm not making any bets, I should say, until we see what Fox looks like in October before I ever start getting into Survivor Series. Because I, I don't know what's going to happen when that hits. But, yeah, I, I'm digging this dynamic. And, yeah, the whole Raw versus SmackDown thing, I mean, is that even a thing anymore? With Everybody's just showing up wherever they want them to show up. It's not like there's anything realistic drawing boundaries around Sm- Raw and SmackDown anymore other than the yeah, championships. Yeah, they're completely, completely given up on even the yeah. wild card. It's yeah, just, they don't even mention whatever. it anymore. The line's just blurred now. Like, nobody no, gives a shit. Like, we don't give a crap. Yep. Yeah, which is lazy, lazy, just... And then the problem is, is that that bleeds through to the fans who watch it on a regular basis is we see they're just being lazy and at a certain point we're just like, all right, well then we're not going to give a crap. If you don't give a crap, we're not going to give a crap. Right. So, but um, yeah, at least here we know they're building to AJ Ricochet, which again, I just, that's going to be the match of the damn weekend. It, it's maybe not the weekend. Okay. If they let Hold him on. go. That's a little much. Maybe not the weekend. The match of SummerSlam. Yeah, um, that's uh, even the little bit of business they did here in this match was just like <gasps> like a breath of fresh air. So fantastic. Turn them loose. Uh, also, it's SummerSlam. Let them go. Give them a good 20 minutes. And holy smokes. Do you have any idea the terror? By the way, patrons, uh, if you listened to the bonus episode that we did where Nick booked the first half of the year uh, post WrestleMania, uh, you know what I'm talking about when I refer to his booking of Finn Balor. You have no idea the terror in my heart when Luke Gallows came out with his face paint on, oh. looking like a sexy venom. My heart uh, stopped and my butthole puckered because I was just <laughs> like, where's Finn Balor? Where, is he coming out with his paint too? What a visceral description, sir. Thank Literally you. Literally two yes, days I, after we posted that. I admit I had a similar experience uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> over <no>. here. <laughs> Don't you do it. I, but that being said, Bring back, I love it. I make it's make Gallo stand out a little bit more. Make them feel a little bit more serious. Yeah, I dig it. Machine uh, gun so Nick, Carl Anderson. Bring him back. Yeah. Well, you can't say gun. You can't oh, say gun in WWE. You still say remember? war, apparently. Uh, kind of. They don't yeah, really say remember. that anymore either. Uh, they don't really call her the war goddess. Uh, but speaking of the women's division, let's talk about the women's tag team championships because apparently they're relevant again, but only because Alexa Bliss is involved. Uh, we had a fatal four way elimination match. For the women's tag team championships, the Iconics had more tag moves in five minutes here than they've had since WrestleMania, and then they were promptly eliminated first. So right off the bat, the audience was woken up because they knew we were getting new champs. 
And uh, the next ones to go out, Fire and Desire, they were out next, leaving us with the uh, Kabuki Warriors. There's your war right there, buddy. And uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. At which point, I'm pretty sure, Nick, you were there too. Yeah. We both kind of knew the fix was in. I had a small aneurysm when, when the Iconics got eliminated first. You know, you've, you've got three out of the four of these are somewhat, at least, legit tag teams, you know, that have been put together and assembled. Yet the ones that you're going to put the belts on are the one team that's really not. And I'm just, the whole time, I'm just going, no. No, you, it was so good with the Iconics. Leave well enough alone. Or at least give us some sort of freaking build. This felt, this felt like the definition of the kind of hot shotting that people complain about the most with WWE. This is the kind of thing where at the last minute, someone got a wild hair up their ass and said, Nikki and Alexa should be champs. And so last week, we're going to have them. Do we know anybody that would do something like that? I, um, not at the top of my head. No, no. Just, it's just kind of, for some reason, seems to happen for no reason. Pretty regularly, too, actually. I can't think of anyone who's in charge of all of WWE who kind of, yeah, kind of regularly just wakes up one morning, has the, the, something wrong with their steak burrito and just suddenly decides to, I don't know, turn everything upside down because there's a blonde involved. Yeah, I can't think of who that might be. Now, this this actually genuinely pissed me off. And it's something that, on the one hand, like, okay, cool, they're trying to make it relevant again and they're, they're going to try and do something with Alexa and, and Nikki, I guess. But there's two things that lost out here. The Iconics lost out and they've been fantastic champs. If you've been watching social media at all, they've been doing a lot of work with it. Even though they've been given nothing to do, they've been doing the best they can with it and, in my opinion, grabbing as much of the brass wing as they possibly could yep. given the situation. Um, this is bad for the Kabuki Warriors who look like chumps after being clean, beaten clean, pretty clean, by Alexa and Nikki. Um I mean this, and this was bad for Nikki Cross, in my opinion. Yeah. She had one of the most interesting uh, angles going with Alexa Bliss, and and what was going on with there and with Bailey, and uh, how she was suddenly trusting Alexa. And while that can still be picked back up, now there's no steam to it. There's no fire to it. We're not invested as much. And when it happens, finally, when it happens, we're gonna be like, okay, cool. Unless they like, you know, really do some more work on it uh, to get it back to that place. Where we're all expecting, and it's and the 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 fire has been stoked under it. So yeah, this, do, is just, this is just doing this completely through. It did so much more damage in other places than this rewarded. I think is the way I wanted exactly. to say that. Um, yeah, sure, just, fine. Give them a title reign, split them up, make them go against each other. Whatever you're going to do in the over the course of the next two to three to two or three months, fine. You kind of already had that, though. I mean, what I want to understand is, like, did they completely change their mind on what they were doing with Bailey in order to give Amber a push? Uh, Amber, Ember a push? So I, uh, it yeah, drives it's like, me nuts. It's, it's like they had it, it. Looking over the last two weeks, it makes you think we threw the we threw half the women's division under the bus just so we could make Alexa and Nikki the tag team champs on a whim before SummerSlam. Well, it doesn't look like they're even going to be on the show. What? Yeah, absolutely bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Uh, but not as bizarre as the idea of Kurt Angle as the referee for Drew McIntyre and Cedric Alexander, which on at, at first I was confused about. And then when Drew uh, confronted Kurt and said, hey, remember, Kurt, remember that time I made you tap out to your own move? <laughs> I was like, okay, actually, that's a great idea. And it's in Pittsburgh, so it makes a lot of sense. Uh, we had a nice little backstage bit where uh, you had the uh, – 
the, the NXT tag team champions, the Street Profits, have a little bit with Kurt Angle where they convinced him to drink a little bit of milk. And he does like, like I don't want to get too crazy now. My, uh, my wife might get mad at me for drinking this milk. And they're like, oh, come on, Kurt. Uh, come on. A lot of fun. And then having Drew come in and just pee all over their parade was also, I, I thought, really well done. That was fun. It was. And then even before we had the Cedric and Drew match with Kurt officiating, Drew and Cedric got into it outside. There was a scuffle. And in the midst of the scuffle, the lights go out and Kurt gets mandible clawed by the fiend. All right. That's a nice sequence of events. Lots of unpredictability. Lots of you know unexpected things thrown at you. So overall, I liked, I liked all of this, Nick. But did it feel a little bit overbooked to you? No. Like too much thrown at you as once? Um, I was fine with it. I, the Kurt Angle thing made sense once the Fiend appeared, and, and is, is he yes. just like going after legends now? Is that the Fiend's thing? Uh, is, to, is, is I mean, after doing McFoley and now he's doing Kurt Angle, are we going to see him come back and like put JBL in the Mandible Claw? Like, I, who's next? I'd be down with that. I'd yeah. be down with that. Yeah. Any kind of yeah, <laughs> watching JBL needs to put over some people. Yeah, big time. Exactly. Um, but no, I would be I would be down with the Fiend attacking legends, and because here's the thing, these bits are scary. If you're a kid watching this, if you're like a 9, 10, 11-year-old kid watching this, The Fiend appearing out of nowhere and, you know, horror movie style attacking these legends, these good guys, these guys who you've been raised to believe are like gods. Yeah. That's freaking terrifying. The only issue is, yeah, that's great. The Fiend works great for that, but how are we going to do under the bright lights of, of a major show? Like, is, is the match going to be held in darkness with only, like, flashlights? Like, how is this going to work? And by the way, where was Finn Balor for all this? Why is the Fiend versus Finn Balor just being built up with a Fiend killing legends and Finn just being off somewhere not eating carbs? Patrons, it's just, if you listen, just you tell me where Finn's been. Anyway. <laughs> it's it's going to happen. Well, how dare, you, how dare happen. you bring that up again? It is absolutely, no, it's not. <laughs> All right. Um, here's the other problem. I'm work okay. him up again. <laughs> One more thing. Ooh, the hackles. The hackles are going up. Um, back on track, sir. Is Michael Cole already killing the damn fiend? I mean, I know this is a this is this is kind of a regular. This is this. I don't want to sound like every other wrestling podcast out there. Man, Michael Cole is not cool. Wah. But my God, him being him, there's just I can't not mention it. When the Fiend is in the ring, attacking Kurt, and the imagery is genuinely scary, and you have Michael Cole sitting going, oh, no, it's the Fiend. The Fiend is here. Eh. Eh. He's, he's it, evil. Yeah, yeah. It just it just, just pulls the air right out of it. Yeah. Just, it just needs to be silent. Like, what was it we were talking about before when um, last week when Brock was beating down Seth and they just all got really quiet? Oh, yes. And yeah. they were all like, oh, my God. They, they sold the horror of it. Like, that's what they, they need to the do with, with The Fiend. It's not Michael Cole. Correct. Oh, my God. He's here. Yeah, he's The Fiend. He's evil. You, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's, they it's did absolutely last that. week. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, I, I don't know who coached them how to, to sell it that way. But get like, sell the horror of The Fiend. Don't, you know, don't. It's it's the way that uh, Mauro Ronaldo or Nigel McGuinness used to sell Alistair Black in NXT, and I know that, I know that's a favorite thing for us here on the show. And maybe got to get out of that trope, Nick. But you know, it's it's definitely it's all in the delivery. 
And this is one where, the, you know, as I said, the Fiend is already in jeopardy of having the mystique taken away by just going out there in a really bright lights and having to wrestle a regular match. The last thing he needs on top of that is Michael Cole being like, he's a scary man from the dark side of Bray Wyatt's, Wyatt's psyche. He's come to defeat this other guy. You know, I, I'm worried, Corey Graves, that he might be unhinged. What is this, vaudeville radio hour or something? It's like a radio play that we can't see. Any- we can see what's happening. We know he's evil. Shut up. <laughs> yep. But uh, uh, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so moving on. Let's talk Bray about the 20- Wyatt alone. <laughs> let's talk about the 24. 24- oh, geez. He's been through enough. Yeah. <laughs> you tor- Come on. He's just on. The- he's back on the upswing now. Finally. The 24-7 championship. Nick, let's, let's talk about this. Oh, yes. Let's talk about this. Because they replayed what happened last week with Maria Kanellis. Uh, standing on her husband and and pinning him for the 24-7 championship in a most demeaning fashion. Right. Uh, and then walking out in front of all the other mid-carters and holding up the belt and saying, pregnant champ, pregnant champ coming through, pregnant champ, <laughs> can't pin me. Um, when she mentioned that she was going to be the OBGYN soon and that you know, anyone could come pin her in the stirrups, remember what we said is like they wouldn't. <laughs> they wouldn't. Would they? Yes. They did. The answer is yes, Nick. Yes, they would. This week, we were at the OBGYN with Maria Canellis and Mike Canellis. And I have to say, when they replayed last week, I actually had a moment where I went, you know what? That whole pregnant champ thing, that's good heel heat. Like, that's that was funny. That 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 was good on Maria Canellis' part. Like, that was, it made me laugh, Nick. Yeah. And... This this time, we see them at the OBGYN. They get called in after, you know, whatever, some stuff in the waiting room. She's in the stirrups, obviously covered by a, a nice long sheet because this is still for the kitties. Right. And uh, the as, as her husband leans over to hug her to tell her that it's okay, the doctor rips off her jacket and reveals a ref shirt and counts the one, two, three while she's on the chair. And Mike Canellis grabs a belt and runs out of the room. He's a dead man, by the way. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see what happens there. He's a dead man. Um, But he runs into the waiting room where R-Truth is dressed in drag, hiding behind a magazine with Carmella, who's also in drag, hiding behind a magazine. And R-Truth does the old, uh, my water broke trick. Out comes the baby. Toss it to Mike Canellas, who drops the belt to catch the baby. Gets rolled up. One, two, three. R-Truth is once again your champ. And then cuts Um, the most amazing uh, ad hoc rap video on instagram on instagram it's amazing i even well, shared it back to ours it was it's just so good it, it, yes and people are starting to get sick of our truth as the 24 7 champ the problem is he really is fantastic as the champ it's yeah. like he's he's great as it and I, I, and I think they are kind of giving it back to him too much i wanted to see a couple more weeks of the pregnant champ i gotta be honest with you yeah that that had just hit when i was like that's really good stuff but it's already over it's already over. They could have done this in two or three weeks, and I'd have been fine with that. What if, what um, if Maria Canellis gets it back by the time she's ready to deliver, and somehow the baby laying on her chest right after she's delivered gets counted, and their new baby is the new 24-7 <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm in my fantasy booking head again. Don't Leave me alone. I'm, I'm good. Why couldn't you have booked fantasy booked that well on that show? Right? Wouldn't if that you have could been have amazing? Done, if you could have done that on that show, I wouldn't have been wanting to die quite so badly that's good stuff yeah that's, that's how stuff. ridiculous i want this to get 
Well, and when he when Mike Pinder on the chair, like I was sitting there going, "This is the kind of thing Nick and I wanted." Yes, like crazy out of the blue stuff. Like and this isn't even as crazy as we would have liked it to get, have gotten. Um, it's still a little silly. Like, look, people who are sitting here going, "Man, I'm already sick of the 24 seven championship stuff." It's it's silly. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. That's the point. It's yep. meant to be just fluff, silly stuff. And frankly, as as WWE goes, as far as comedy goes. For the most part, I got to say it's hitting the mark yep. as far as comedy. And a large that's to do with the, with the fact that Drake Maverick and R-Truth are genuinely funny people. Yeah. So, oh, thank you, Esmeralda, in the chat. Yes, shout out to Lady Ref Jess from NXT for uh, yes. making the appearance here on the main show. Well done. Who? Bought, yeah, she was all over the main show. She officiated a few matches. So, yep. yeah, she's getting 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 pushed. Getting a, getting a push for the ref. Yeah. So, way, way to go there. A um, couple more things here before we get out of Raw. Andrade Cien Almas and Rey Mysterio had a fantastic match. What a shock. It was supposed surprise, to be a revenge surprise, match. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise, They killed it again uh, because Rey wanted some revenge for Andrade trying to rip his mask off last week. Um, it's kind of like just their fallback thing is Andrade and Rey. But uh, Andrade, let's see, Zelina gave uh, Rey a stunner on the apron and Rey got uh, rolled up for the pin. But So this might continue or just might have just been like, ah, we got to fill some time. Let these two guys wrestle. They're good. Either. I, whatever. It's fine. I, let it go. I, let it let it happen. Yep. Is it, if it's if that's what your filler is gonna be, yes. No. F- what? No. Give them a damn feud okay. or have Andrade go get into a title picture somewhere. Yes. Andrade needs to be in the Intercontinental with Finn Balor. I understand they're doing the Bray thing now. but I, I wish they would and go Shinsuke, back. And Shinsuke's Shinsuke's do- Intercontinental champion. He's not even gonna have a match at SummerSlam. Just saying. Uh, also, the Viking Raider War Machine Experience uh, also had another squash match. Squash some local talent, and uh, this, the crowd was completely silent because apparently they have now done nothing with the Viking Raider War Machine Experience for so long, the crowd does not care about one of the most amazing badass tag teams of the last 10 years. Wow. No words. I, I, wow. I have absolutely no words for what they have done to War Machine. What is ruining this be War Machine? Is it the fact they're just doing repetitive squashes, or is it the lack of direction? Is it the repetition, or the lack of direction with them? I don't, in a matter like, of two weeks, you turned around Gallows and Anderson, who had, had mostly been absent from TV for a year, and you strapped them. So don't tell me that you can't do something with War Machine. Good God, well, guys, come on. They also put Gallows and Anderson with AJ Styles, which immediately gave them cred. Sure. Um, Didn't where, have you to know. put the tag titles on them, though, but you did, which tells the, me that, it, like you've always said, anybody with a good couple of weeks of booking can be, you know, yes, they got a little bit of cheat and a jump to, because they, they got paired up with AJ Styles. But, I mean, hell, give book War Machine strong for a month, and you could have them in tag uh, championship matches. With with oh god I'm I'm tingling at the the idea of Gallows and Anderson versus War Machine. But the problem is, uh, is they've been booking them as being monsters, and there's no room for monsters right now. Just ask AOP. Yeah, there's no room for them, and they're trying to keep them hot. But the problem is, this isn't keeping them hot. Yeah, it's making people not care. I'm with you. So I'm with you. But that was not our go home for SummerSlam. There was lots more go home on SummerSlam, but to talk about that, we need to head over and discuss SmackDown Live. Well, on SmackDown Live, 
Uh, Roman is on a mission. He's playing detective, and he's figured it out. He's watched footage. He's reviewed the crime scene, and he's determined that uh, Buddy Murphy, whether or not he did it or not, was at least there in yeah. the room. Yeah, and, so he uh, must know something. Yeah. Um, clears the locker room, clears the sits l- down very aggressively in front of uh, Buddy Murphy, which I yeah. kind of tingled at a little bit. I'm going to be honest. Those two in a match together sounds okay. I'd like to see that. Um, but yes, uh, Buddy Murphy well, just... You- you kind of got a match because Buddy Murphy just stone-faced him. Yep. And uh, was like, you know, even if I did know, I wouldn't tell you. And then Roman beat him around the locker room until he had him pinned up against a wall and Buddy Murphy mumbled Rowan. Mm. So that Rowan did it. So Buddy Murphy looked like a chump because Roman just annihilated him. Just and that's and Buddy Murphy hasn't even had a match in the main roster yet. And this is the, the this is what we're this is what we're getting of the former Cruiserweight champ. Whose arms are bigger than Roman Reigns's? I might point out. Yeah, um, I made me a little bit sad. This is what you're going to do to made me a lot to someone sad. like Buddy Murphy that was an insurmountable monster in the cruiserweight division. All right, all right. You know that's that's okay. Wow. Fine. I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna deep breath and woo saw on that because in theory the idea of Roman going rogue detective is is fine. It's intriguing and you know Buddy Murphy giving up the Rowan name. You know, is did he do it under duress? Was it actually Rowan? All right, that's all intriguing stuff. I will point out, Mister Detective Roman Reigns, uh, Kayla Braxton was right there, and you don't you didn't push her head up against a wall. Right. There was a lot of producers that she came jumping in. She didn't have her in. back turned either. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, Buddy Murphy's Buddy Murphy's way down the hall, hanging out. There's a bunch of producers who were here. They were right there, too sweet. I'd be ripping the headsets off of those guys and asking them, "Hey, pencil neck, yeah. what have you been up to?" A little issue with the big dog here. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. But uh, the, so the 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 kicker here was that we this we had just had when this was all going down at the end of the show, we had just had a match between uh, Kofi. Excuse me, the New Day minus Kofi Kingston. It was Xavier and Biggie again against Daniel Bryan and Rowan. And Daniel Bryan and Rowan uh, cheated to get DQ'd and win, or kind of win. They were standing tall after the match. Right. And. We went home with the two of them kind of staring blankly at the screen as Roman digests the information that Rowan may have tried to kill him. And then afterwards, we had a, a WWE.com exclusive video where Daniel Bryan said, there's no way it's Rowan. Okay, cool. Um, I also want to call out the fact really quick. Um, it's speculation, but we'll take the source as it is. Uh, Uncle Dave, Dave Meltzer, reported mm. uh, as SmackDown Live went on air, that Vince McMahon tore up the show 90 minutes ago. Right, the same thing he did the week before. Yep. Because it was a weird feeling SmackDown. It did feel, it felt uneven. It felt rushed. Which is, you know, sometimes when you rip up the script 90 minutes before a show, you can pull out a good show, and sometimes it just feels weird. It felt weird this week. It was not a great SmackDown. No, it wasn't. Um, it was very, lot- it felt very like off the cuff, like made up as they went. Yeah, and a lot of stuff made absolutely no sense for a bunch of characters, like Buddy Murphy, like Ali later, which we'll talk about. And it was very awkward seeing Daniel Bryan and Rowan to stand there and not react. Like, what was this supposed to be? The initial main event was supposed to be Kofi Kingston versus Andrade Cien Almas. I don't know how that builds towards Randy Orton and Kofi, but I'd rather watch that. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. This was fine, though. I mean, to be, to be clear, this part was fine. The part I wasn't as fine with was the fact that, oh, by the way, Rowan's shirt watch. Rowan's shirt watch. Oh, Rowan's Rowan shirt, shirt watch. 
Blind Guardian. Blind going Guardian. Classic. Hell yes. Going classic. Very, Very again, good one. Good, good taste. Uh, no, the show opened with Charlotte coming out and cutting basically her tried and true promo, I'm better than you genetically. And um, yeah, here, watch a video of how all my great things that I've done. The video halfway through becomes a montage of all the great things Trish did. And Trish comes out going, ha ha, fooled you. They have a face down. Trish slaps Charlotte. Charlotte smirks and leaves. Um, that was the most underwhelming way to start SmackDown, given all the segments that they had here. That was like the least engaging segment, to me at least. Now, if you're a big Trish Stratus fan, maybe you dug this. Uh, if you're a big Charlotte fan, maybe you dug this. I'm a big fan I of both of like, them, and I didn't dig it at all. It, it felt out of place opening the show. Yeah. And I know that Trish is, is a major superstar in a lot of people's eyes. Mine as well. Uh, this didn't feel like it should have started the show. This felt like Vince determined this should start the show because Vince reasons. Blonde on blonde. Because Vince Trish. reasons. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, this could have gone open the second hour and I think would have been more appropriate. Yep. And had it had it had this show open with KOTV, which was a great segment. Had this had this show open with uh, Alistair Black versus Sami Zayn, which was a last minute thing we'll talk about in a second. There's a lot of things they could have opened the show with that would have been more exciting and engaging. Yep. This felt like Vince just being like, we're going to have this open the show. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it again, didn't help felt, just felt very thrown together and it kind of made sense that Vince tore everything up and I'm opening the show with my blondes, damn it. Yeah, that's what it's what it felt as like. As shitty as that is to say, here come out of my mouth, that that's the only thing that makes sense. And the problem is, is that we know that like it's not like we're we're saying this to be glib or right. uh, you know, we're, we're we're trying to impugn him somehow. This is a pattern. This is an ongoing decades of long decades. pattern. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so it's hard it's hard to ignore. Okay, one quick thing before we move on from Trish and Charlotte. Trish has announced this will be her final match. And obviously that's a that's a very loose word in wrestling terms, but eh, maybe it's maybe it's true in her case. Um, do you think this is going to be like Charlotte retires Trish? I'm going to save that for my pickums. Well, all right, we'll get to the pickums next. Yep. Uh, Dolph Ziggler trolled Goldberg a little bit. Uh, had a match with Rey Mysterio. Oh wait, no, he didn't. He uh, actually this was this is where he uh, he did the Goldberg entrance. Nick was wasn't on Raw. It was here. That's, uh, that's why right. I, I was a little confused when you brought that up on Raw, sir. This is where he had the uh, the whole Goldberg entrance. And, Can I use uh, the wild card rule here on the show and just say that the things that I said were wild carded from SmackDown? Yes, because you actually called out the wild card rule as opposed to just kind of letting it happen. Right. There you go. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, he beats down Ray before we even get the match. And coming out to defend Ray's honor is Ali, who's okay. having a feud with Shinsuke Nakamura. And then Dolph Ziggler beats Ali clean? Huh? What? What was the... Okay, uh, I'm going to look right in the camera. I'm going to talk to you, Nick. And I'm going to talk to one Andy Jessup. Explain this WW logic to me. Hmm. Um, there is none. Oh, okay. That's a, it, well, that's, that's, that, I'm sorry. It was redundant. WWE logic. When you say those two things together, it's an, in, it's an intentional redundancy. It's oxymoron. Oxymoronic, yes. Thank you. Not redundant. no. Uh, Ali, the we've been seeing these awesome video packages that he's been doing. These little promos he's been doing with his phone or whatever backstage. Uh, we haven't really seen much of him in a few months now. Uh, but at the same time, I'm amped. I'm loving the backstage promos that he's cutting. I'm really wanting him to get a feud. 
and I actually liked the idea of him having one with Ziggler or Mysterio. I mean, all of this kind of make makes sense. Like, have him come out in a way. But it, now, going into a match with Goldberg at SummerSlam, now you're going to do this to, this week? That's where it really just kind of, my head just exploded because I was just like, okay, just, I mean, whatever, fine. Yep. Yeah. It was it was bizarre. I know they were trying to sell it like, um, you know, Dolph murders legends. So here he's murdering Ray, but I don't understand how that then helps him or Ali. I, are they trying to show that he can beat a guy like Ali? What is? How does that help? How does that help on Sunday? We know Goldberg's going to murder him. Yes, Ali's I, debut what, was brilliant earlier this year when they brought him out and they had him that you know the, almost like Kofi esque in a way where he was getting those chances and he got that pin on Daniel Bryan and the, sure. all of that's the way they need to book Ali because it works. Well, and they were start looked like they were starting to do that again with him and Shinsuke. He beat yes. Shinsuke in a non title match and then all of a sudden pfft, now he's losing to to, to Dolph Ziggler anyway. Again, this is what happens when you write a show in half an hour. Yeah. Vince. Andy says uh, his mentioned- answer is one word, easy. Momentum. Mm, Mo <laughs> Mentum. My friend Mo, last name Mentum. Uh Kevin Owens has KO TV again and it breaks down into chaos because he calls out uh, Shane McMahon. Doesn't take long for them to get testy. And uh, Kevin Owens decides he's going to beat Shane's ass right there because Shane won't put his career on the line as well. I mean, honestly, Shane kind of had a point when he said, why should I put my career on the line after Kevin Owens demanded it? But all right. Uh, And then, of course, Kevin Owens gets jumped by Elias. Shane gets takes the advantage, flips the table on him, and then rams a chair, drop kicks a chair into Kevin Owens' head. Kevin Owens is passed out, knocked out. Shane uh, mad-dogging him in his face going into Sunday. Uh was this the best go-home segment on either show this week in terms of actually building for the match and making you excited for the match? Or was there one you can think You're of that was You're assuming I'm excited for the match. <laughs> well, I mean, can you think of a go-home segment that more directly built the match and, and, and built momentum Actual for said match? Actual angst and feuding with each yeah. other? Uh, Seth and Brock. You know, I'll put that out there. It's probably better, but I mean, yeah. And- really? No, with the, with that horrible promo, the uh-uh. horrible promo, but the physicality between the two of them. Sure, I actually thought Shane was going to climb week, up and do you. a high spot. Uh, I thought Shane was going to do a high spot off of like a top turnbuckle down onto that chair with him under the table, but no, he just kind of ran in and did a little missile drop kick thing on him. <sighs> I thought that was a great. I thought that was a great move. It was I was fine. Like, I, hey, I thought it, it was worked. fine. Um, For me, I, this I just, I'm so done with Shane at this point that I almost <laughs> check out anytime he's on, and maybe that's the intended response. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I know you and I differ on that. But eh. I know you were sitting there when he when Kevin Owens was trying to get him to put his career on the line. You were like, <gasps> please, just like everybody else, you're getting worked by Shane. I am fully admit worked it. by Shane. Fully yeah. admit it. I'm still digging it. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, real quick before we move on from this, Gerardo Garcia's Shane Shoe Watch. Oh yes, Shane Shoe Watch Air Jordan One Retro High SB LA to Chicago's. Once again, I have no idea what the heck just came out of my mouth, but if you are a kicks person, then yeah, that was what Shane was wearing. They were some pretty shoes. He seems to like the Jordans. Not that I have any idea what that means. I think I had a a pair of pumps when I was 12. That's the best thing I can muster for that. I have several mid-30s friends in tech that make way too much money that have closets full of Jordans. And, you know, it's... How often do they play basketball? Never. Oh, I'm just curious. <laughs> Never. Like they they wear them like you know I, they, they choose their shoes like they choose their outfit every day. Like I have one pair of tennis shoes. 
And when I don't that one wears alienate, out, I, I go buy the next pair of tennis shoes. Right. I don't want to alienate <laughs> the segment of our audience that loves shoes. Under, I don't get fancy watches and I don't get fancy shoes. Nope. I, I, it's not something that I can wrap my head around because neither of those to me are utilitarian. Like, just, or, or rather, I prefer that just, if I have something, it's utilitarian. I just want something I can put on my feet. So that means I don't step on broken glass. And if I want to check the time, I'll check my phone. But that being said, I appreciate a nice watch or I appreciate a good pair of shoes. It's just, it's just not my field of interest. I, I can't imagine his closet in his McMahon, McMansion, I'll say. McMansion. <laughs> in his McMansion, where it's it's an entire wall uh, of just shelving, and it's nothing but Jordans. Like, yeah, because this dude has had good kicks since the nineties. Yeah, like he's always had good shoes. Yeah, so can't yeah, even. Yeah. I don't even want to imagine. He's like he's like uh, what was the the name of the 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 president's wife from the Philippines? Imelda Marcos. He's like Imelda Marcos of the of the wrestling world. Okay, <laughs> there's a reference. There's a reference for you kids. Woo. Google. It's your friend. Thank you, Gerardo, right. for keeping us up to date on the shoe watch. Appreciate yes, it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, Natalia had a match. It was, uh, it was her and Ember Moon and we had a double count out because they both went outside the ring. Referee Jess got on her, got on her count real quick. And as Natalia refused once again to break a hold of the sharpshooter on Ember outside, they both got counted out. Bailey came out to try and get Natalia off of Ember and Bailey took a nice shove for her efforts. What aren't, wait, isn't Bailey and Ember supposed to have a match on Sunday? Nick, so is the Raw feud now overshadowing the SmackDown feud? That's what I was talking about when we were going into Raw. Like that's why the crossover felt weird. Uh, Is now you've got Natalia having a match with someone else so that Bailey can run in to save Ember? Yeah, Uh, like it's the point now. Working part of it, and it really doesn't matter now who wins on Sunday, Bailey or Ember, because they're both completely cold. They're dead in the water. No one gives a crap. Ember just got. Uh, murdered outside the ring by Natalia with no reciprocity and Bailey is kind of like half friends with Ember and they're like a little bit at each other's throats because they've had a little physicality but at the same time she came out to defend her like what? But, yeah but Natalia's a meanie so she and Becky will have a little more heat okay uh, I, they've done a horrible <laughs> job of, of building uh, both Bailey and Ember uh, this, this yeah for this match I, I can't I can't understand what they're thinking here yeah. again I didn't think like it was again when I said that Kevin Owens and Shane was with the best build the Sunday, uh, it wasn't exactly like a huge field of great builds right here. If um, that's the great build, oh no. <laughs> oh, oh Lord. Oh boy. Alistair Black murdered Sami Zayn because oh, they were of supposed to have a oh, God. Yeah, they were supposed to have a match on Sunday and Vince was like, Well, we need ninety minutes. So you guys don't get your match on match on Sunday, you get it right now. I and wanna know how you felt about Alistair Black laying on his board on his back. Yelling giving at the Sami Zayn, giving a promo, giving a promo. So Sami Zayn saying, uh, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat, Al- I'm gonna beat Alistair on Sunday." And Alistair going, "No, no, Sammy, that match is not happening Sunday. It's happening now." Now, actually, it was so. On one hand, it was weird because you just cut, ran, suddenly cut to Alistair's face lying in a pool of mist with a microphone, promoing from the grave, <laughs> promoing from the grave, which. On the first, I was like, what the heck? And then after a while, I was like, that's actually kind of cool. He's surrounded by mist. It was, I don't know, man. I'm, it was it was cool, but at the same time, it was goofy. But then they still can't shoot his entrance right. They still have the damn creaky sound. There's just not enough mist. Like, it's, ah, ah. Yeah, his entrance still drives me nuts. At least, Nick, at least you can give me this. 
Alistair Black looked like a million bucks in this match because Sami Zayn sold his ass off. Yes, he for did. Him. That black mass was devastating. The knee, the knees, he had a couple of high knees, and then he gave him the nice guillotine black mass where he like raised him up with his foot and then, and then gave it to him. Yeah, no, Alistair looked like a million bucks here. It's just, remember what I was saying? I'm like, yeah, management's really high on Alistair Black because they're giving him all the screen time. Ugh! They're obviously still high on him, but they didn't want him on, on, on Sunday. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. So why doesn't he? He's been doing these promos for months in this yeah. dark room. Had a Cesaro answered the call. That went nowhere. We had two matches. Now Sami Zayn answers it by calling him out. Okay, gets his ass handed to him. So Alistair has nothing to do on Sunday now? No, he's okay. not. But here's, here's the only thing I can think about this is that we've got uh, Trish Stratus, who is likely going to lose on Sunday. Yep. You've got Natalia, who is likely going to lose on Sunday. Hang on. Don't uh, do your pickums yet. I'm not. I'm just pointing something out. I'm saying likely. I didn't say definitely. I just said likely. Uh, you have Sami Zayn, who obviously was going to lose on Sunday because he lost here. That's, uh, and then you have Kevin Owens, who's, who I, I'd say it's a little less sure. That's four Canadians. And of them, three likely to lose on Sunday. And this show is going to be in Canada. I think that's why they pulled this. They didn't want to have all the Canadians die in Canada and have a, a Mon- you know, this is Toronto, so it's different. It's not Montreal. I lost my smile. Yeah, but I think it, that would have been fantastic. But it would have, again, have been trolling Canada. Uh, Canada would have felt trolled. Is <laughs> it, it, is it Toronto like takeover or is it in Mon- Montreal? Oh no! This is this is they're both in Toronto. Okay, okay. So everything's happening in Toronto this weekend. Ring of Honor. Everything. I got really so. excited for uh, for Kevin Owens to come out, you know, yelling in uh, French yeah, at the audience, yeah. and uh, pumping everybody up. He might still. Yeah. He might still. Yeah. You know, I don't. Not I think, in Toronto I don't know. though. They they hate they hate Quebec. Quebec <laughs> quoi? Yeah. You know, you might still have some people making the trek across Canada. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, we mentioned that uh, Finn Balor is still not a part of the Bray Wyatt Fiend build for Sunday. He's still not. They mentioned him on the Firefly Funhouse segment they had uh, where Bray Wyatt said Finn's kind of like Huskus the Pig. He just, you know, can't help himself. He had to call out the Fiend. He's going to get what's coming to him. He's actually nothing um, like Huskus the Pig, just to be clear. I mean, yeah, uh, he's yeah. like, I think like that's the, the exact funny. opposite of Huskus the Pig. Yeah, I, I think that was the funniest thing about this. Big boy, but, uh, big, yeah, that was that's Huskus how we built towards boy. Towards Huskus the Pig Boy. That's how we built towards Finn and, and Bray was a Firefly Funhouse segment, which was fine. It was yeah. a fine segment. We also had Elias confronting Chad Gable and basically calling him short, and Chad just kind of took it and looked sad, which was bizarre. And Shelton Benjamin still doing his weird thinking about things too hard bit, which I really it. Ugh. I'm over. We, it. we see these sometimes where like you know it's like uh, Mojo staring in the mirror and they're trying to do something with the character and then it's just they never do anything with it and it's just one of those things, those little. Uh, you know, almost like a, a skin flap that just kind of hangs off the side Ew. of this this cow oh, that is WWE, and you never really know what it's for if it just kind of you know arbitrarily grows, and then it's just it's just there, um, and nothing ever comes of it. I'm hoping that's not. I'm hoping they have a point to this, but I can't imagine that the point that they would have to whatever they're doing with Shelton right now is anything good because no, so far this is awful. I thought stuff. we were past the Shelton stuff because previously they were asking him about Kofi's WWE Championship and he would his eyes would wander around and then we haven't done that for like what seems like a couple of months now and now, no, now doing it with the Intercontinental 24/7, 24/7. 24/7 Championship. That's they're going to go for the 24/7 Championship. He goes thought thought thought. Well, yeah, it's a vestigial hanging skin, Chad. That's what this is. Nick, with that, uh, with that wonderful. I mean, hey, you're the one who's talking about butt puckering. 
I can talk about vestigial skin flaps. Uh, with that being said, uh, now that all of our listeners are gagging, let's head over and talk about our SummerSlam pickums. Nick, yes, all time. right. All right, here we ready, go. Really excited Ooh, for this one. Ha, ha. We're gonna rip through these because we got a ton more to talk about. Yes. All right, Oni Lorkin versus Drew Gulak. We're not gonna do two or five live this week because we got too much other stuff to do. But suffice it to say, Oni Lorkin. As we predicted, won the six-pack challenge. He'll be facing Drew Gulak in a someone-might-get-their-face-slapped-off match. Who do you have in this one, sir? Uh, in the someone-might-die pre-show match, uh, I'm actually going to pick Drew Gulak to retain. As am I. I can't see Lorkin. I think it's, he, you know, there's, he's going to take some damage. He's going to get slapped around a lot. Yeah. But I, don't th- I think it's too early for Gulak to lose yeah. the belt. As good as Lorkin is, I don't think he has got the prestige yet to take it off of him. So Lorkin I agree. going to get put to sleep. Bye-bye. Uh, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Who do you have winning this one? Gotta have the Fiend win. I swear, I'm going to pick this one with the caveat that says if you do not have Bray Wyatt slash Fiend win this match, you I, I, shoot him I, in the head. Take wow. him out back. Take him out back and put him out of our misery. Yep. Agreed Finn completely. Has to eat this Wyatt. Pin big time. This is, so there's a ton of matches on, on SummerSlam, which means there's going to be a number of squashes. This is squash number one. Has to be. And it's going to be Manfin. No demon. Complete squash. Manfin. 100%, sir. Yep. Drew McIntyre versus Cedric Alexander. Uh, this is another one they added very recently. But we kind of all saw it coming. What do you think happening here? Um, both of these guys could use the rub. That's the difficult thing that I'm finding with this match. Both mm. of them kind of need this. Uh, I think Drew's going to get it, though. I think Drew's going to get the rub and take the win here. I, I, I actually... I'm inclined to agree with you. I think that this is this. It could be a squash. I don't think it should be because I think that they've got a little bit of momentum (laughs) behind Cedric Alexander right now. And to have him be squashed by Drew would be really rough for him. But, you know, hey, on the day of who knows, Vince might pull the trigger and be like, ah, Cedric will be fine. Drew needs it. Yeah, no, I definitely don't want him to get squashed. Let me be clear about that. I I want him to put up a big fight against McIntyre, but McIntyre squeezes it out with a big Claymore at the end. You know, make both of these guys look strong. Uh, Mm. But I I think Drew needs... uh, Cedric, I don't know that they know what to do with him beyond this, so I think that's why they give Drew the win because Drew's got got big plans, I believe, uh, between now and Mania for the next eight months. We keep keep saying that. I hope that that is correct. Well, you had him break a leg and get injured. Because reasons, which you'll have to stay tuned, patrons. Do I have to? All right, so next up, Dolph Ziggler versus Goldberg. Uh, I think we're both going to call this one a squash. Oh, did I mention? I agree with you on on Drew. Uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Goldberg. Who do you got here? Uh, There's what I think is going to happen and what I hope is going to (laughs) happen. What I hope is going to happen is that uh, what I think is going to happen is a Goldberg squash. Yeah, (laughs) there's really he's got to get that thing back from Saudi Arabia, whatever the hell that match was with Taker. Um, So that I'm going to pick Goldberg to win here. I would like to see something happen where uh, a Miz or Shawn Michaels came out and interfered in some way. Uh, I don't Mm. just just to get just a mess with Ziggler that would lead to a subsequent feud between Ziggler and Miz, maybe with Michaels in his corner. Something like that is more interesting to me than just. Ziggler versus Goldberg. So I feel like bigger things might be at play here. And I, that's, <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe I'm overbooking someone, myself. I'm still in that someone zone. Someone has dropped the hashtag skeptically and is now just hashtag optimistic. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. all right. Well, real quick, Nick, what uh, I'm also, I mean, yeah. I, what am I going to say? Dolph Ziggler, Goldberg comes out. Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler, super kick. 
Famouser. One, two, three. Dolph Ziggler? No. Goldberg. 100%. Yeah. Time of match, sir. Give me a time of match. Uh, whoever gets closer wins a plus one. Uh, 9.32. Not in, no, bell to bell, not including entrances. Not including entrances. Bell to bell. 9.32. 9 minutes, 32 seconds. Yes. Bell to bell. Bell to bell. Entrance time, 14 minutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because it's going to be SummerSlam. It's going to be Pittsburgh. It's, it's going to be a giant, um, giant ramp for these guys to get down. Plus, he's going to have to walk half a mile from the locker rooms. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take exactly eight minutes off of your Ooh. ridiculous time there. What? And say, that, and say that in one minute, 32 seconds, bell to bell. Ding! Spear. Jackhammer, one, two, three, Goldberg. One minute, 32 seconds. Wow. <sighs> wow. Nine, thir- nine, 32. What did you, what, you didn't even go that long with The Undertaker. All right. Well, you locked it in. Tough crap now, buddy. Tr- Charlotte versus Trish Stratus. Who do you have this uh, one? Trish Goodness. is laying down for Charlotte here. Goodness. Oh, of course. Yeah. So far, I, I, this is not going to be a very exciting pick comes, Nick, because I think you and I are in agreement on a lot of these. We may have some of our, uh, our patrons who want to go out on a limb on some of these, but a lot of these seem like they're pretty much cut and dry. But this next one, maybe not so much. Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. If Kevin Owens loses, he has to quit the WWE. What you taking? Oh, I'm taking Kevin Owens because he isn't going anywhere. And Shane's won enough in the last four months. Yeah. I'm going to have to take Kevin Owens as well. One, because every other Canadian's losing. Uh... And two, because even though, like, okay, there's a part of me that knows they can have Kevin Owens lose to Shane McMahon yeah. and really piss people off by having Shane win again. You're getting but, into Brock Lesnar territory, though, there. Yeah, but that's never stopped them before. Look at me, because that's why we call it Brock Lesnar territory. They do that sort of thing. Yeah. But you know that they're, I mean, it's like Kevin Owens quitting last time. They can just bring him back. You know what I mean? It's like dying in a comic book. Yeah. You can just get brought back. Bucky dead for 50 years. They can still find a way to bring him back as the Winter Soldier. No, nah, I'm, I'm picking so, Kevin. Same. I'm going to pick Kevin, too, because I'm, okay. I'm not taking a chance with this many of ours. Like with, with this many of ours being the same, it means that everyone that I pick that's different from you is more highly weighted. And I'm not taking the chance on this match. Yes. Bailey versus Ember Moon for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. What do you think is happening here? Are we having a title change or not? The thing that's interesting to me here is that they abandoned the Alexa and Nikki angle with Bailey. Completely. That tells me that there's a really good chance they're going to strap Ember here. What? Yep. Yep. That tells me the complete opposite. I'm going to pick one. I'm going to make it a low weight on my pickums, but I'm going to pick Ember Moon here to win the SmackDown right. Live Women's Championship. All righty. All right. Okay. Spoiler alert, kids. All right, look at that. I'm picking Bailey. <laughs> I can't see her losing to Ember at this point, given the absolutely awful build they've given Ember. Uh, but speaking of the women's division, the Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Natalia. I've kind of already given away my choice here, Nick, so knock yourself out. Yeah, Becky Lynch retains. Mm-hmm. I'd have to agree as well. Uh, Ricochet versus AJ Styles. Does AJ Styles and the OC stay strapped and draped in gold, sir? I believe so. Hmm. I believe so. I, yeah, I, AJ Styles I, wins and retains here. Good God! Is sorry, this really sorry, gonna, Rick. 
this might come down to how much we wait. Bailey versus Ember, Nick. This is going to be a massacre. Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. Another one I think might surprise people. Kofi versus Randy for the WWE Championship. What do you think is happening here? They've been building this really well. They had a really awesome Kofi video package on SmackDown uh, for this. Uh, but that's pretty much all they've done to build this is just video packages. Um, what do you think is happening here? This is going to be my crazy one. And I'm probably going to weight this pretty heavy just for the advantage to differentiate the pick in case it does happen. Uh, I think Randy Orton is going to win here. Wow. I think Randy Orton is going to win the WWE Championship. Here's why. Here my, I was looking around for my tinfoil hat because I did make one just for this purpose, but I, I guess I didn't bring it up here. Um, Randy has 14 title reigns, championships in the grand scheme of things, right? Cena's 16, Flair 17, yep. Yep. Uh, right? So Randy's right there. Randy's got a long time left. I think they're going to put Randy up into that echelon with a few more title reigns. Mm. And I think this is a good one for him to unseat. Uh, I, I don't want to pontificate way much more than that. I, I'm going to take a flyer here. This is going to be my crazy one of the night. Uh, I'm going to pick Randy Orton to win the WWE Championship over. I, I can't say that you're that crazy, to be honest with you. Like that's one of the reasons why I said this one might surprise people. But because you picked Randy, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Kofi. Okay. Had you not picked Randy, I might have picked Randy just to be crazy too. So I don't think you're insane. I'll be the at crazy all with that. <laughs> that's fine with me. It's Seth kind of Rollins for the versus, course, right? Yeah, no, we well, we have heard your your booking of the year if you're a patron. So yeah, we do know you are the crazy one. Uh, somebody in the chat um, earlier asked if the phenomenal ones were going to have a match on SummerSlam. Only the live chat can see my distress right now. Yes. But we can feel it coming I, through the microphone. I I would be happy to never actually hear that tag team name again. It's actually the worst thing ever. It might be worse than Tai Chi's song. Yeah, you put your hands away. Put your hands down. <laughs> Silly. Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Uh, is Seth going to... He's guaranteed he's going to win. He's broken, bruised, bloody, and sore. Is he? Uh, is he going to win this here? This one here? Is he going to burn it down? Coin flip. Or is he going to get? Burnt? I have no idea on this one. <laughs> You're right. That you can make an argument Ooh. either way, and it could be valued more one way or another. I get it. Uh, I, I honestly don't know. Here, I'll, I'll make my pick. Nick flips a coin. Uh, Brock Lesnar. Oh, dang it! Seriously, I was. I was. You know what? Okay, I had. I literally had. Brock written in the notes for myself okay. and because you picked Brock because you picked Brock I'm going to give myself a reason to believe on Sunday I'm going to give myself a reason to hope to dream if you will and I'm going to put down Seth Rollins you here. mean you're going to throw it and give me the win pretty much <laughs> yeah that's fine that's fine I've got enough Nia swag coming your way from all the wins I've got built up already uh, okay uh so yeah so Seth Rollins Seth Rollins, I'm taking Seth Rollins in the Universal Championship because, damn it, I'm a fool. Uh, so we've got a couple other possible matches. These will not be a part of the patrons' pickums. This is just going to be a quick little thing between you and I, sir. Uh, is there a possibility that Roman Reigns has a match with either Rowan or Murphy? And if so, who's winning? I can't imagine SummerSlam without Roman Reigns having a match. Or just something happening, right? Um. Or Daniel Bryan, for that matter, if I'm being honest. Um, but there would be t no. The rumor is that like there was supposed to be a Roman and Daniel Bryan match, but it's been too it's too quick and it's been scrapped. Okay. But there may still be some sort of physicality between Buddy Murphy or Rowan 
and Roman Reigns. And I think Rowan's probably more likely at this point. Yeah, I, I could see Reigns, Rowan on the pre-show maybe. Are they going to put Ro- Roman Reigns on the pre-show? Um, you got 10 other no. matches you've got to deal with here in three, no. four hours. So I- get, get this. Here's my conspiracy theory. And you can either agree or disagree, and we'll just have a plus one point on this. Okay? Okay. Uh, my theory, Roman Reigns versus Rowan gets made for the show. And... Uh, uh, it's tough because I want to say it might it might end in DQ, which in which means Roman Reigns wins. But I'm just going to say Rowan stands tall afterwards because Daniel Bryan takes out Roman from behind. Okay. Agree or disagree? Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're we're speculating on stuff that doesn't exist yet. So, uh, sure, uh, I I I'll disagree with that. I'll go against you on that one. I, okay. I think Roman Reigns beats the shit out of either one of them, whoever it is. All right, that's. All right, that's 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 to counter <laughs> what your position was. Uh, also, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ali. Do they actually have a match? Right now, it's being said that they will not. Do they decide that they want to have a match between them by the time we go? Yes the or no? Worst possible thing would be to put the an Intercontinental Championship match on the pre-show. Those two again? guys on the pre-show again. So I'd rather them not have a match. So right now, I'm going to say no, no match. Okay, I'm going to say yes. I'm, they're totally going to do that. Uh, and will there be a women's tag match for the show? Uh, probably not. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm just going to agree with that. So that's a no starter. Uh, one quick thing before we move on to the rest of the show. Uh, a little note. I know everyone listening to this will be in our watching party, Nick. Every, I know everyone will be checking it out with us and in our chat group having a wonderful time and talking smack and, and having fun. But if you happen to watch the WWE watch party at the same time, not only will Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Shane Baszler be in there, don't know how that's going to work in kayfabe after the night before, but Matt Riddle will be on the watch party. Let me make this clear why this is important. It means Matt Riddle will be on a live mic watching a Goldberg match. I'm going to let that set in. Yes. You sit on that, you think about that, and meanwhile, Nick and I are going to go over and talk about the wide world of wrestling. Okay. WWE's out of the way. Sprint to the okay. finish. <laughs> yeah. Sprint to the finish. I'm looking at all the notes. Good God. Good God. Uh, first of all, we got a build to TakeOver this Saturday. A mere two days away from now. Uh, TakeOver Toronto. And man, there's a lot that's going to be happening on TakeOver the night before. What a show we've got built there. We had a contract signing this week. Uh, surrounded mostly by video packages and builds for the show. We did yeah. have a con, which is par for the course. We did have a contract signing uh, with the Street Prof- Profits, William Regal, and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish from the Undisputed Era. If you want, I, this, this NXT was so spare, Nick. There was yeah. so little happening in this NXT. I can get it out of the way in two minutes. Go for it. That's literally, that's literally how quick and easy this NXT, NXT was. NXT lightning round. Lightning round. Literally, we had a contract signing between Undisputed Era and Street Profits in which there was a lot of smack talk and no action. It was cute, and it built to the match just fine, but there was not really any more any physicality there. It was just the, a, a promo off, and it was a lot of fun. We had a match between Joaquin Wilde from the breakout tournament and Shane Thorne, you may remember, was talking smack about Joaquin Wilde in particular and all these breakout guys in general. Shane Thorne does pick up the win here, establishing that he is a guy to keep an eye out for as they're bringing in all this new talent. Although Joaquin Wilde did look pretty good in this match. I don't know. Did, any, did your mind change about either of these guys in this match? Or was it still pretty much Shane Thorne? Is, he's very good, but not exciting. And Joaquin Wilde is exciting, but 
still needs a little bit of work. That was my takeaway. Yes. <laughs> well, that, exactly. Uh, we were supposed to have a match between Killian Dane and Matt Riddle. We had 20 minutes left in the show, but instead they swerved us not only on the match, but on the timing. Because I was like, oh, 20-minute match between Killian Dane and Matt Riddle. Great. Nope. Killian Dane runs down Matt Riddle before the match even starts, and there's just no match. And then we have a 20-minute segment about Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano with a ton of video stuff for the rest of the show. Good Lord, does that mean that we're going to have a match between Killian Dane and, and Matt Riddle at TakeOver? Or are they, are they saving this for after the fact? Like, what do you think is happening there? I think they're saving it, uh, build a little bit more, have some physicality and, you know, matches of some sort before you get to, I guess it would be Survivor Series before we have a TakeOver again. Nine, Maybe they might they might they might squeeze another one in. Yeah. Well, who knows? I, but I don't think we're gonna that, have a match on this takeover of those two. They've been building takeover for three, four months now. To squeeze one in like that at the end feels rushed. Well, the only thing for I NXT. can say is that they did announce two matches for next week, and which means that they're filming them at takeover. That's what they do, right? The week after takeover, they have the matches that were the essentially the pre-show, but basically was part of the main show. Right. They'll only show five matches from they takeover. They were recorded like dark, hours. you know, before takeover. Correct. Yep. Exactly. So we're getting a Brizango versus Forgotten Sons next week. We had a nice little reunion of the uh, of uh, Brizango of the Fashion Files backstage, right back into the same old patter. It was yes. great. Um, so that's going to be on, in the dark part of Takeover. Uh, we're going to have the Breakout Tournament Finals. Uh, Miles versus Cameron. I, I want to call him. Thank you. I want to call Trevor him Trevor Lee. Lee. It's hard. It's hard for me. Uh, the that's going to be there. So there's of Trevor Lee. There's Theoretically, is room for there be to be like a Killian Dane, Matt Riddle match at Takeover, or even another like you know almost have the match and then Matt Riddle beats down Killian Dane in revenge or something like that. There's there's room for more physicality there. I so think we could, could see something akin to what we saw with Matt Riddle's debut uh, against Ono, where they yeah. just, they do something silly at the very beginning, you know, just to just to hype it. Well, again, like having something like this where it was a non-starter and it only takes you know five minutes of time. I could see it. I can even see it happening at Takeover. Yeah, exactly. So again, boom. There, that was NXT this week. Tons of video package and building the uh, building Takeover, which means let's go talk about Takeover and give our pickums. Yes, we had uh, Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. Uh, I'm loving Io's new darker side. I'm looking forward to seeing her entrance at Takeover. Who do you have here, Io Shirai or Candice LeRae? Io Shirai all day. One hundred percent. She has to win this. Candice can be the babyface that comes back from defeat. Io needs to come out looking like an absolute monster, and I think she will. Street Profits versus Undisputed Era for the Tag Team Championships. This is a tough one, Nick. Yeah. Who do you have here? This, this uh, well, it's not going it, ma- really, to be match of the night, but it's, uh, it's pivotal. I'm going to stop you right here, okay. because with the exception of the Women's Championship, and it, that even could have actually factored in a little bit, tonight is the night. At the beginning of this year, Adam Cole said that the Undisputed Era by the end of the year would be draped in gold. Every single title is up for grabs against an Undisputed Era member. They could feasibly, at the end of the show, be draped in gold. So prophecy. Yeah. You need to make your picks based on that. Um, yeah, but I don't think it's going to happen yet. Okay. That's, and and that's really what it comes down to. And what I'm torn on is whether it's going to be the tag team, Kyler Riley and Bobby Fish, that gets their, their straps back or if it's going to be Roderick Strong over Velveteen Dream. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say Undisputed Era wins the tag championships from the Street Profits because I think the Street Profits have been up on the main roster TV show quite a bit, and they're ripe for coming up. Uh, But I'm going to say that Velveteen Dream retains 
the North American Championship and prevents the prophecy from coming true just yet, maybe stokes the Roderick Strong thing for not being able to get the job done uh, between him and Adam Cole. Uh, there's some stuff that could go on that could get a little bit meta here. But yeah, I'm going to pick Undisputed Era to win and Velveteen Dream to retain. Um, I just had my mind blown by one of our uh, one of our subscribers in the chat group. Okay. He actually, yeah, I, he took something that was like nascently birthing in my brain and put the exact, uh, he added an extra element to it that I had oh not had. We'll, we'll get to this. We'll get to this. I, I, yeah, I didn't even want to look you at You just that, saw it. Yeah, I did. You saw it, didn't you? All right. So here's the thing. I actually, I'm going to stick with my guns on these first few. Um, I think that I'm, I'm going to say, yes, Undisputed Era. I'm going to say Roderick Strong wins the North American Championship. Okay. Uh, even, even though what I'm going to say for the final match screws that up, I think that they're going to try and trick us. Um, I think Strong wins the championship. And then I think that, uh, so Shayna Baszler, Mia Yim, I'm also going to say that Shayna retains. Uh, do you think that Mia's taking it here? No. If the other ones haven't taken it, Mia's not going to be the one that takes it. She shouldn't. She the should not be it. the one that takes it. Unless they have plans to call up Shayna. If they don't have plans to call up Shayna, Shayna needs to retain until she gets called up. Period. Um, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Two out of three falls. Three different stipulations. First one is going to be a wrestling match. Second one is a street fight. Third one, if it goes three falls, William Regal picks stipulation. Um, I'm going to throw it out to, uh, to Yorkshire Rob here. Because... I actually new the, patron as of tonight, by the way. Thank as of, you, Rob. Oh, welcome really? Aboard. Yes. Welcome, Rob. Welcome, Rob. Coming out with a bang, by the way. Coming out with a huge bang on this one because I was actually going to say something to the effect of the third. We know we're going to three falls here. Let's let's call a spade a spade. Sure. Anyone thinks this is going to be two falls has never watched wrestling in their lives. Um, this is going to three falls, and William Regal is going to give a stipulation where someone else will be able to take the championship because the way that they've built this, Johnny cannot lose or he's no longer like his, his reign at NXT is besmirched. Adam Cole can't lose because that makes him look horrible and he needs to stay strong as a leader of undisputed era. And I think that they're going to have undisputed era win the belts throughout the show to get you to think that Adam Cole's going to take it and they're actually going to be draped in gold. But then at the very end, and I'm actually going to totally, I'm, I'm openly admitting, I'm pillaging this from Yorkshire Rob. Pillaging this. I, I fully admit this because he said the person who's going to, it's going to be a, um, it's going to get turned into a triple threat. And the third man is going to be Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, God. <laughs> Do we have confirmation? Like he's done a video. He's, he's done a video with Seamus working out and doing that stuff. Do we know if Tommaso Ciampa is fit and cleared? I don't know that. It's either it's either going to be a triple threat or he's going to do something where, like, uh, what I'm trying to think of a stipulation where anyone like a 24 seven stipulation or hardcore stipulation, like something like that, where anyone can win the belt by getting a pin so that if Ciampa isn't still, if he is still somewhat injured, he can come out with minimal amount of effort. Like he doesn't have to have a lot of, uh, you know, he can still have another month or two of rehab, but he can come out and win it early. Even right? my crazy booking mind is kind of blown right now. Just because I, yeah. I had not even entertained that because we hadn't heard a word other than him showing up on Seamus's YouTube channel. We hadn't heard a word out of Champa, which is why it, it makes it crazy. Oh my god! 
Yeah, and the whole idea of, of, of Fish and O'Reilly winning the tag championships and then Strong wins his, and you're like, oh, my God, like, celebration, it's we're happening. all draped the, in the gold. Prophecy. And yeah. Cole ends up actually losing his is mm, beautifully not brilliant. Gar- not to Gargano. And that gives them something to do, the Undisputed Era, something to do for the next few months. Johnny Gargano, chop his back, and you know, the whole thing. The only thing that doesn't make sense with that is that why would William Regal screw Johnny Gargano like that? That's the only that's the only thing that makes me like eh. but I like the idea of a triple threat. I don't think that's going to be the third stipulation. I actually okay. I, I I don't think a third person is going to get involved and I don't think it's going to be Champa. I'll be very su- pleasantly surprised if it is. Uh but I'm not going to bet my pickums on it. Um because we haven't really heard anything of his I will because why the hell not? Let's yeah. have some fun with this. I'm sick of beating you, Nick. Let's have some fun. Um, third fall stipulation. What are we doing? We're doing a street fight. A, a well, who who do you think is winning? First of all, here. I think Adam Cole is going to retain. Okay, and then what do you think the third stipulation will be? Last man standing. It'll. Ugh. I think it'll be boring. I don't think it'll be that, anything that's, crazy. That's boring. They've already had that match too. Like that's that's sure. boring. Yeah. But okay, that's that. But hey, but as Nick the is going to say round, NXT is going to be boring, and I'm saying NXT is going to be absolutely insane. Absolutely I'm insane. Betting, and I will, I'm parlaying my stuff on earlier stuff happening. Yes, preventing absolutely. them from being draped in All gold. Right. Well, we 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 went we went crazy with Takeover Toronto, so we're going to leave it right there and just say it could get really crazy really quickly with our pickums and Takeover Toronto stuff could hit the fan very very quickly indeed. That's Saturday gonna night going to be fun. Make sure you're suddenly in the live chat with us. Suddenly, that's going to be a very exciting night. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Heads may explode. Heads may explode. But not as much as my head exploded this week watching New Japan. Oh, oh, we're coming down to the end of the G1, Nick. We're down to the final few people. We know exactly what we're looking at on the finals of each block. And let me tell you, it's freaking insane. We had the undefeated streaks of Okada and Moxley end this week. Okada dropped the match to Sonata in probably one of the most exciting match closes I've seen in four. I was jumping up and down, freaking out in the last few seconds of this down match with Okada. Down to the wire. Insanity. Insanity, this match. So freaking good. Um, it was, it's funny because like from bell to bell, it wasn't even the best match of the G1. I wouldn't even put it in my top four or five. Like It's up there, but it's not in top four or five. But my God, the ending of that match, I was sweating, sweating. But Okada did finally lose after six matches. He finally lost to Sonata, clean as a whistle. Sonata, oh, even Sonata giving him his own Rainmaker. Mm, good stuff. But because of that, it means Okada has opened himself up wide. And in the A block, it now comes down to the final night. Okada and Ibushi are facing off. And whoever of wins does. that match. <laughs> if Okada yes. loses to Ibushi, Ibushi goes on to the finals because Ibushi will then own the tiebreaker over Okada. And if Okada wins, he wins. Boom. That might be a, one of the matches of the year right there. Okada Ibushi. Make sure you're watching that one. A block is simple. And now, strap yourselves in. Yeah. Because, oh dear God, B block, here comes the pain. It's Sir Ian Dangerous's New Japan Bracketology Hour. Dun, dun, dun. John Moxley has dropped two in a row. He got, he got hornswoggled, if you will, by Toru Yano. Toriano tied him up outside of the ring and with uh, was Shota Umino, and he wasn't able to get back in time and was devastated. And then 
He dropped one to Goto last night. Um, and by the way, a really short match, eight and a half minutes. And, but the finishing move that Goto did, y'all, y'all go, go watch this. Goto did, like, he faked an Ushigaroshi and transformed it into his finishing move, the GTO, at the, at the last second. So Moxley, in midair, you see him protecting himself against Ushigaroshi, which opened himself up to take the GTR. Excuse me, GTR, not GTO. The GTR. It was nuts. Absolutely insane, like, mm. quick, quick move. So cool. But Moxley dropped two, which means now we've got four guys, four, that are still in it in B block, and they're tied at 10. And it's all going to come down to the last night. On the last night, we're going to have matches between John Moxley and uh, Juice Robinson. Goto has Shingo Takagi. So Moxley and Goto both have 10. White, Jay White has 10, and Naito has 10. And Jay White and Naito are facing each other. So Moxley has Juice Robinson first, then Goto's going to be facing Shingo, and then the main event is going to be Jay White versus Naito. Mm. Strap yourself in, because all of these guys are playing round robin when it comes to tiebreakers, which meaning that depending on who wins what, there's all kinds of, any one of these guys could win depending on the wins and losses on this night. I'm going to try and run this down quick. We still have plenty more show to go. Jay White holds the tiebreaker over Moxley because he beat Moxley, but he did not beat Goto. Moxley holds the tiebreaker over Naito, but he was beaten by both Goto and White. So if either those guys win, he loses. Uh, Goto holds the tiebreaker over Moxley and Jay White, but he was beaten by Naito. Yeah. And then Naito, of course, holds that tiebreaker over Goto. Hang on. Yeah. So like, tell me if I'm doing this right. Moxley, okay. Goto, and Naito, if they MJ all win, White. we end up with a three-way tie at the top of B-Block? That, Am I doing that's, that right? You're, yeah, that's, in the, that's in my let's get nuts section where like the things that could happen. Yeah, so let me, let me run down the things that could happen, and I'll get to, I'll get to the crazy, like okay. the really crazy things that could happen, which of course they won't, but it's just numer, numerologically speaking, they could. So... First match of the night, John Moxley loses to Juice Robinson, which is, by the way, I think quite likely so that Juice yeah. can get his rematch for the, North, for the U.S. championship. If he loses right off the bat, then whoever wins Naito White goes to the finals unless Jay White wins and Goto wins. If Goto wins, Goto's going to the finals if White wins. If Naito wins, Naito goes. If Moxley wins and Jay White wins, White has the tiebreaker, and he goes to the finals unless Goto wins, and then Goto's going to the finals. Got it. But if Naito is not Moxley wins and Naito wins, um, then Naito beats Goto. Naito, Naito beats Goto, but it doesn't matter because he's tied with Moxley, and Moxley holds the tiebreaker, so my, Moxley's right. going. If Goto wins and Moxley loses, then we're going into that main event where, um, where Goto can go to the finals if White wins, and Naito goes to the finals if Naito wins. So if both Moxley and Goto lose, the winner, which I think is what's going to happen, if both Moxley and Goto lose, because Moxley's going to lose to Juice, Goto is going to drop the Shingo, because I think Shingo's on a roll right now. Um, so if both of them lose, it's just coming down in the finals. Then winner of Naito and Jay White goes to the finals. So that's probably how it's going to go down. But as Ibushi, you said... Ibushi-Naito get- train rolls on. There you go. It's, it's still rolling, baby. Yep. It's still definitely rolling. Let's get nuts, though. Like I said, like you said, dude... If Moxley, Goto, and Naito all win, 
Then we have a three-way tie where Moxley holds the tiebreaker over Naito, Naito holds a tiebreaker over Goto, and Goto holds a tiebreaker over Moxley. And we're, we're deadlocked. We have three wow. guys tied, and that's never happened. And there's wow. no precedent for how that would sort itself out. Um, now, if that being said, if Goto and Moxley lose and Naito and White go to a tie, they go to a 30-minute tie, then we'll have to have a coin flip because they'll tie the, the division but beat Moxley and Goto. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, Gato. Dear Lord. <laughs> Good Lord. So the best thing that can happen for our hearts here I hate to say it, is Moxley losing and then Goto losing. And that way, it's just, it's just, yeah. it's just Jay White and Naito. The only, the only question I have with that is, it's strange that that way they're telling the same story in both blocks where guy comes out winning like crazy and then drops the lead at the end to someone else. Yeah, well, both I of, guess that kind of makes it fun, though, doesn't it? I mean, we had sure kind of written everything off as, that's eh, Okado yeah. and Moxley, they're going to do well, it two weeks it, ago. And they did it with Kenny Omega in Since, last year. That's no last year when he was the champ. He he won one 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 one. Then right. dropped the last three. Uh, you're right. Yep. Just to give him some people to face in title matches. I mean, we just saw Ishii drop one to uh, Shingo Takagi, which means Shindo could be coming for his never open weight belt now. Mm. Which, mm, by the way, Ishii Takagi was one of my favorite matches of the year. Yep. That was last night. Mm. So Mm-mm. yeah, New Japan, New New Japan. Which has been the more, more entertaining block to you? I don't want to dwell too long on this. Oh, B block. We're gonna have a whole B block, a whole wrap up show, really, because A block was the one with all of like the major guys: Okada, Tanahashi, Osprey, uh, Kenta. Who, but B block had the Kenta, drama. Kenta lost clean to Osprey. That's building up a little bit of a, a junior heavyweight thing right there, isn't it? Yes. Hello. Um. So yeah. So you think B block just far and away has been more entertaining? Not far and away, but I mean, it's it's had more of the drama, you know. Huh. Uh, you know, Toriyano being over there has added also an extra element and actually sneaking in a win or two there here and there. So the uh, beating Naito, beating Naito and beating Moxley, are you kidding me? Toriyano be playing spoiler, fantastic. Oh, he's been destroyed. Uh, he just barely he until last night, and he beat Taichi last night, and I think. <laughs> I forget who had to lose, and he was still in the in the. I, I lost track of all that and all the rest oh, of my God. career. But Toriano was in it in it up to the last second. <laughs> I think A Block has been sort of the upper echelon of New Japan in a in a way. It's 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 Ibushi and Okada, and there's like this yeah. kind of glory and valor. In Absolutely, that, in Absolutely. that in that block where B Block is kind of the down and dirty. They're just beating yes. the hell out of each other. Yeah, Ishii, Ishii and Moxley and, Moxley and, and Naito Shingo. and, and, and Toriano in there with his oh, antics. So, yeah, the that's Jeff, why B-Block for me is more interesting. Last night, by the way, may have been one of the best belt, like front-to-back nights of New Japan's G1 so far. The Naito-Cobb match was mm. insane. Cobb, you need to see the F5 that Cobb threw on Naito. Yeah, this is all spoilery for me. I haven't watched yet. That's I will do that I, this weekend. I, it's, I'm just telling you a move to look for. He oh. he threw Naito like a dog throws an opossum. Like, like Rock just, throws <laughs> Seth Rollins. No, 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 no. He like had two. Like he just went. He went. He like a helicopter. Wow. F five dump. It was wow. great. He started. He called it the F five thousand online. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So no, it was great. Um, one quick question. This has been the topic of conversation online. Uh, people are worried that Moxley is now losing and getting buried, losing to Goto, for example. Uh, and he may lose to Juice. They're worried that because of the souring relationship between AEW and New Japan, that Moxley is going to get buried by New Japan. Do you feel like that's the case here, or is this just 
Never New once Japan have, booking. Never once have I gotten that impression this is all about the United States Championship that he kind of snuck away from Juice Robinson in the in the first match and or before the G1. And uh, this is a way for Juice to get the victory back by beating a champion to get his follow-up match. For it. That's the story is around the U.S. Time. No, yeah. I don't believe any of that shit. Yeah, and all, I, I, here's the thing. I think the people that are speculating that don't watch New Japan and they only watch WWE because that's WWE mentality is let's punish people who go do other things. Yeah. Uh, New Japan is a little bit more worldly in the sense that they understand that AEW is the company that Moxley works for when he's in the United States. And that's actually something that he said in an interview. He's like, I work for AEW in the US. I work for New Japan in Japan. And they are two separate things. There's, it's, it's business. Yep. I'm going to go to Japan and do my business and be, you know, they're, they're looking at him as an asset. He's a name. He's a big star. He can work a match. And they're going to say, what can we get out of this guy as opposed to how can we bury him and make him look bad so that other company looks bad for having him? Yeah. Because that's the WWE mentality. The New Japan mentality is how can we look good because this guy is good. Exactly. And having him lose a couple to build him up later to have him have matches later, big matches that they can profit off of is what they're doing here. So, yep, absolutely. Yep, yep. Okay. Glad we're on the same page with that. We are. One last quick uh, New Japan thing before we move on. The Super J Cup participants have been announced, or at least some of them. We got TJP, TJ Perkins is going to be in it. Dragon Lee is showing up. Sho and Yo, Bushi, as you would imagine. Karistiko from CMLL. Ryusuke Taguchi is going to come out and be Ryusuke Taguchi and probably have some amazing matches. Taiji Shimori, no surprise there. We also have Amazing Red. Nice. Uh, Clark Connors and Jonathan Gresham from the LA Dojo, who you saw as Young Lions in yep. the G1, who, by the way, looked they looked amazing last night in their match against uh, Minoru Suzuki. Uh, and then Rocky Romero and Sobrano Jr. So lots of talent in the Super J Cup. That's coming to America. So if you're on the East Coast or over here on the West Coast, they're hitting the coasts. There's going to be some pretty exciting shows. Nice. And that is New Japan, sir. Oh, uh, lots of G1 to watch this weekend. Is Lots of wrestling to watch this weekend. There is. There is, in matter of fact, let me rip this out really quickly before we get to listener questions here. Yeah. Uh, there's also Ring of Honor's Summer Supercard. Oh God, which is going to be it's a great it's a great card. I'm gonna run it down real quick. We're not going to. It's also pickups. in Toronto as well, isn't it? It's also in Toronto. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so tomorrow if you're, night. If you're Friday in night. Toronto, listeners, you're you're in for a treat this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh Canada, yeah. Uh, it's a great card. We're not going to do pickups because we don't have time. But this is the card. The tag team champions, the Briscoes, will be defending against the Gorillas of Destiny in a ladder war. Oh. If you know anything about either of those teams, that's going to be baller. Oh. Uh, Matt Tavin, the world champion, is defending against Alex Shelley. Uh, the television champion, Shane Taylor, is defending against Tracy Williams. Uh, Rush versus Dalton Castle in a no-DQ match. Eh. Uh, good, good luck, Honor, Dalton's world back. Champion. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Did he ever really rehab it? No. Uh, Kelly Klein will be defending against Tasha Steeles for the Women of Honor World Championship. Uh, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham versus uh, Bandito and Mark Haskins in what I'm already going to call as being one of the matches of the night. The other match of the night, Villain Enterprises, which is PCO and Brody King versus The Kingdom, which is Vinny Marseglia and TKO Ryan. Ryan, excuse me. We've also got a, um, a Lucha Mask. Karistic, uh, Lucha match, excuse me, Caristico, Soberano Jr., and Stuka Jr. versus Barbaro Cavernario, by the way, one of the greatest, silliest gimmicks that you could possibly see. Uh, it's, he's, he's a barbarian caveman. Cool. Uh, Hechicero and Templario, and finally, just announced, PJ Black 
versus Silas Young, oh. which they've been feuding on the Indies in general recently. So, yeah, yeah, yeah pretty decent card for Ring of Honor. They're yeah. still, um, I don't know, man. I'm looking down this card and I'm like, it's fine, but man, even Impact's got better looking cards than that these yeah. days. Yeah. So, yeah. but I think worth a watch for a couple of those matches at the very least. Yes. Uh, but that being said, Nick. Let's head over and do our listener questions. Yes. Thank you very much to all of our patrons for submitting all of these awesome questions. You guys really stepped it up this week. We were talking before the show uh, when we were dark about how each of these questions could kind of be theses for bonus episodes and stuff like that. So well done for showing up this week. Um, first up, uh, if you want to get involved in this, all it takes is a simple $5 a month patronage. Uh, you're going to want to do that anyway so that you can participate in our uh, SummerSlam Pick'ems. So go ahead and sign up for the month of August and beyond so that you can do listener questions every single week uh, right here on the show. Patreon.com slash BWO. But starting things off today with Gerardo. In a perfect world, who would you give each championship to at the moment? Uh, uh, WWE or are we talking yeah, like the heavyweight list. championships of all the companies? Yeah, I'm, Let's let's um, pick one each. Like which one? What's okay. one? Sh- what's one championship that you think is being underserved at the moment? Um, brr, I would. Mm, <sighs> Sorry, Gerardo. I'm hijacking your question and modifying it a little bit. Damn. That's. I mean. Yeah. That's. You're right. That is a let's do a whole bonus episode question because like that's a little bit. It's also a little bit of fantasy booking. Yep. Um. I right now, just because, you know, the Brock Seth feud is just kind of killing me slowly inside Um, Universal Championship based on where everybody is or just I'm just going to go completely unrealistic and say elevate him, make him just an absolute killer, make him not speak and give Aleister Black the Universal Championship. Like come out of completely left field, like he just comes up, starts kicking heads off. He's the universal champion, and have him basically be not like a Brock Lesnar, where he just you know all he does is suplex people uh, and never show up, but have him like be just the guy who don't even say any words to him because he'll just he'll just kill you, he'll kick you, he'll kick your head off. Alistair Black um, versus Brock Lesnar in a shoot fight for the universal championship. Hello. I mean, there's a there's big a MMA few people, backgrounds for both of them. Well, yeah, I mean, Brock would still kill him. Oh, of course, he'd murder him. Yeah, <laughs> kill. I mean, let's you know, Alistair's more of a kickboxer. Brock would just take him down and break his arms. Right. <laughs> let's be clear. Um, I think Matt Riddle might be able to take Brock at this point, but he's like the only guy I can think who's a shoot fighter in the WWE who could actually take Brock. Wow. Theoretically. So you're you're but, picking yeah. Alistair Black to just, quietly yeah. murder everybody to get the Universal yeah. Championship. I don't. I didn't say how he's going to do it. I was like, I'd love to see him with the Universal Championship, just killing people. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go Andrade Intercontinental Title. I want to see that happen. I want to see oh, that happen. Yeah. For yeah. 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 I just, Ooh, I that's, wanna, a, that's just you know let Finn go play with Bray and the Fiend for a while. Mine was completely like pie in the sky booking. Yours is like yes, do that next week. Yes. Do that next week. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank I'm actually going to, yep. I'm actually going to, before we go, I'm going to quote myself uh, from the, the Facebook discussion group real quick and say, actually, in a perfect world, Universal Champion Marshawn Lynch. Get some beast mode up in this thing. Okay. He, and he'd be, he, it'd be, it'd be he just like Seahawk Brock long before he was a Raider. It okay. was, yes. And he was a Raider long before he was a Seahawk. He has Oakland tattooed on his chest, my friend. 
And, uh, you mean Vegas. And, and think about this, because he'd be just like Brock Lesnar, where he'd be only there, be there, so he didn't get fined. Okay. And he would just eat Skittles, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It'd be like his spinach. Like right before matches, he'd eat some Skittles and like, you know, beast up. Oh, we already man. have Beast. Why, why we already have a Beast as the champion? Why, why not Beast mode? Yeah, Marshawn Lynch versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Yeah, okay. All right. Saying. Who can spear harder? That'd be interesting. Gerardo, oh. thank you very much for the question. Next up, Eric. Thank you guys for the hard work you put in every week to make BWO the best wrestling podcast going today. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank mm. you, Eric. Here's my question this week. Can you please explain the difference between the G1 and the J-Cup for those of us who are still learning about New Japan? Ian, this is yes. all you. Yes. Um, the Super J-Cup is for the junior heavyweights. So this is the major difference. Um, the Super J-Cup is for the junior heavyweights. The G1 is for the heavyweights. And they do, typically, uh, they did let some junior heavyweights into the G1 this year. Um, but... They, but typically, it's just mostly the heavyweights, whereas the Super J Cup is all the juniors and setting up um, that division a little bit more. The, uh, the strange thing about the Super J Cup, though, uh, is that whereas the G1 is for a title match at Wrestle Kingdom, um, the Super J Cup, I'm trying to think what you even get for winning that. Um, it's a, cause, and also, it's a single elimination tournament, whereas the G1's a round robin. Yeah. Um, it's much more akin to like the even... New Japan Cup uh, that happens earlier in the year, you know. Yeah, and I I don't even know what they're giving them out as a as a um, I think it's a shot at the title, but I don't think it's even at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not as big. The G one is their big deal tournament. Yep. Yeah, they even have like the New Japan Cup, which is the heavyweight tournament earlier in the year. But the Super J Cup basically is for. The, the the junior heavyweights, the high flyers, um, which in New Japan, like it's it's basically there's the cruiserweights and the heavyweights. There's a little, the junior heavyweights and the heavyweights, and cruiserweights are part of this, the the junior heavyweights. And it's not only just a weight designation, but it's also a prestige designation. Um, you're you're never going to be the IWGP heavyweight champion. Like you're never going to be the big. You're not going to get the big belt as a junior heavyweight. Not only because of you know you're technically a junior heavyweight. Yep. Um, but because that's their prestigious belt, you need to be a heavyweight to be at the top echelon in New Japan. Sure. So it's their secondary tier, but you still have a ton of talent in that tier, and some of the best matches of the year that they have have been in the junior heavyweight division. So, but that's, that is the major distinction. Is junior heavyweights. It's the, it's the junior heavyweights, and it's single elimination, meaning you have a match, whoever loses, they're out, whereas G1 is round robin. Cool. Learn something new every day. Thanks, Eric, for the question. Uh, next up, Andy. Why are almost half the top of the card across all divisions missing from SummerSlam? Uh, yes. The, the, yes. The, the eternal question. Well, no, it's the question that we, we said when you combine the brands, when you combine the, the, the pay-per-views so you don't have a brand-specific pay-per-view, this is what's going to happen. You're only going to have so much room for everybody because you have so much talent. Yeah. Um, and, if, and if Andy's specifically referring to the... the 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 top card, um, their top card is huge right now. I mean, if you look at the matches that they do have, there's very few people. I mean, they've got they've got two legends coming into steel positions, um, but pretty much, I mean, you're missing Roman Reigns, who may still yet have a match. 
the intercontinental belt may still play a factor. Um, and then there's no male tag match. There's no male tag matches. But aside from that, most of the top of the card is there. Yeah. Like, I can't think of a whole lot of people that aren't there. Um, you know, you, I can think you, of a lot of people that aren't there. But, matches that could show up on the pre-show during the pickums. Uh, is there a chance that the Good Brothers have to defend the Raw Tag Championships on the pre-show against the Usos or somebody along those lines? The fact that they, yeah, they might yet have a, uh, well, no, the New Day are the, the SmackDown Tag Champs. So they may yet have a New Day match or a, a Good Brothers match yeah. thrown on there on the pre-show. But yeah, again, like there's just... I mean, it's, it's SummerSlam. It's, it's, it's already not a big show. Have matches. Yeah. You know, we're, I don't we're, think, I don't we're think in it for five or six much. hours uh, as, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I don't so, think, yeah. this, is, this isn't stomping grounds. This is SummerSlam. You know, have matches, please. I don't think they're missing that much top talent when I'm looking at the card. But it does feel like there's a lot of pieces missing, but it's just because their roster is so freaking huge. Yeah. Anywho, thank you very much for the question there, Andy. Lots of possibilities. Uh, next up, Josh. Hmm. This is for Nick, since I loved his fantasy booking. Josh, God damn it, don't encourage him. Thank you, Josh. Thank you very R- much. And really? thank you to everybody that's given us all of the feedback. Uh, everybody except Ian appreciates it. Thank you. Uh, you're going to make him do it again. You realize that. Yeah, this, I mean, it, just, it, it encourages me to do part two for the second half of the year. I'm ordering more tequila now. Lots of it's already written, so here we go. Uh, well, stay tuned on when we are going to do that. Here's this question. If you could choose any one person to come into WWE, who would it be and who would you have them feud with? Um, for me, I was first of all, I was real excited to see Eva Lise is going to be in the buy-in. Uh, she's one of the ones I thought would go uh, for the women's division for a long time. I think she finally got out of her Lucha Underground stuff. Uh, but very who? excited to see Eva Lise. Ivelisse, yeah, she's going to AEW. She, she'll uh, she'll she, be in the it is announced she's going to be in the buy-in for uh, for yeah, all yeah. out. So there's going to be a, a woman's battle royale on the buy-in. Yeah. Yes, very excited about that uh, coming up here in about a month. Uh, who would I move over? I don't know. I, I think they there's a lot of opportunities there. There's there's people that I would love to see go over there, but they're actually doing pretty well in WWE right now. Um, God, I'm stumped. And you got any any here that you can think of? Who would you send to AEW? Um, Free reign, money doesn't matter, nothing counts. Who's going to AEW? I mean, to be clear, they need another big name. They need another like just absolute lights out talent. They need that, like, and they need leg- a monster. They need a big guy. legacy legacy star. Um. Which actually hasn't. So now I'm running down the roster and I'm like, yeah, there are a lot of people that are missing actually from the SummerSlam card. Where's Braun Strowman? <laughs> um, but again, there's so many freaking people. We have a lot of the top card, but the top card is just so big now. Um, the problem is Braun Strowman, I don't think, has the ability to really stand up and stand out in AEW because he's mm-hmm. such a WWE creation. Yeah. That's, um, what, that's the, where I'm stumbling as well. Like all the people I could think of have kind of been I'll tell you right molded now, by made WWE. My pick. I've made my pick. Okay. Samoa Joe feuding with anyone. Oh. Immediate top of the card. Immediate top of the card. I can't top that one. We're going to go with Samoa Joe because that's perfect. There you go. Thank you, sir, Ian Dangerous, for, for getting me out of my uh, my stump and my I'm I'm too fantasy booked right now, guys. I'm I got it. Yeah. Thanks for having my back. 
You, you work too hard like on I'm that. Like, I'm over my world going, does Joker Finn Balor go over to AEW as Prince Devitt? Move my head, on! Next my, question. My no. head exploded. No. All right, thank you, Josh, for the question. Thank you very much Let for being go. a patron as well. Austin, next up. Austin, hey, guys, love the podcast. I was wondering if Becky is on top and seems no one can take the belt off of her. She is? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. That ask, was a question. Ask, Do ask you Seth. think Asuka is put into a tag role for a holding period? She can then turn on Kyrie Sane and go heel or a dominant monster again. She's the only person Becky hasn't beaten and could be the one to dethrone the man. Oh, Austin, I you're hitting a sore spot. So excited. Yeah. Uh, please make that happen. Yes. The problem, okay, so to answer this question, Austin, and this is something we've hit, we've hit on a few times, is that Asuka was the logical first opponent for Becky Lynch after WrestleMania, or or the, the logical major opponent, because she tapped out to Asuka at Royal Rumble. It's, it's the, yeah, Asuka's the one person who has Becky's number in kayfabe, so why wouldn't she be the one person that uh, Becky would look at and be like, I'm going to beat all, if Becky's really like, I'm going to beat everybody, wouldn't she have a thorn in her side about tapping out to Asuka? Yep. Which is why her going into the tag division galls us so much on the show because not only does it make little to no sense but it also delays or cools off this whole idea of i mean they could probably resurrect it with a video knife with a nice video package or two and hey remember when i beat you but at the same time it's like why wait we're gonna have to watch lacey evans and natalia face becky your SummerSlam match was natalia versus becky when you have Oscar just sitting over there getting beaten in the tag division? Huh? Yep. Yeah, no. One, 100%, 110% Austin. Oscar should be the person that Becky's facing. And they should have a long, long feud. Yep. I agree. And I'm going to go back to Josh's question real quick because I've made my pick to go to AEW. Oh, you have another one? Oh, okay. Ricochet. Ricochet to AEW. Uh, but they've got enough little fly, flying guys over there. That's why he's perfect. Other than that, I don't what? know if they're ready for big guys yet. I don't know if they're ready for the 350-plus big It would be guys like saying, yet. send Luchasaurus to WWE. They already have enough big guys in WWE. Why would, what would make him stand out other than he's a dinosaur and has a master's degree? Listen, you're derailing again. Ricochet I, and AEW would be... GD I'm only amazing. derailing because your fantasy booking sucks. Fine. Okay. Moving on. Ricochet's my answer, Josh. Thank you very much. All right. Austin, thank you very much for the question. Jacob, next up. Jacob, hey, guys, how the hell has Tomohiro Ishii not won a G1 or the IWGP Heavyweight Championship yet? What wrestler do you think deserves or deserved a run with the big belt any promotion? Mm. I that first question is a question that anyone who's watched any extended amount of New Japan will start to wonder is how the hell did he she not have the big like he is the workhorse of New Japan the thing is the fact of the matter is there are so many guys who have much more ephemerals than Ishii and at the end of the day Ishii works Ishii matches that's it you're gonna go it's like it's it, honestly He's kind of like the Toruyanu of badassery. Yeah. He's going to, he's like, and even Toruyanu, like when you had the Toruyanu Ishii match, Toruyanu 
stopped working a Toriyano match after about two or three minutes and started working an Ishii match where they, they hit each other hard and wrestled. Like, that's what Ishii does. But here's the thing. Guys like Okada, Naito, Omega, Ibushi, the guys who are in line in the modern era to, to have the big belt, they can work any style of matches. They can work anything. And they've also um, got that think, enigma and charisma kind of thing. They've yeah. got, they've well, got it. <laughs> Ishii has his own particular special brand sure. of that. Sure. Uh, but I know what you're saying. I know what yeah. you're saying. They've got, they've got that next level star power. And Ishii's just below that. Um, that being said, the dude needs the, a run with the Intercontinental title before he retires. Um, I, oh, yeah. I, I do not think he will ever get the big belt. And frankly, if I were a booker in New Japan, I don't think I would ever put it on him either. Um, no. And, and, that, and that hurts because I am, I am absolutely stone pitbull 141 to the core. But I understand what he is. I like him having the never open weight belt. I think that's the perfect belt for him sure. to have. Sure. I, I would love to, he No, he's the an, an Intercontinental belt. Sure. Would be perfect for him. Sure, like that would be about as high as I could see him rise, and and I would love to. I would love it if he got that. Um, but as far as the as someone who should get around with the big belt, we already kind of already did that. Where we said I, I said, Alistair Black with the Universal. Sure. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, any other promotion who should get the big belt, and I'm I'm kind of drawing a blank. I know Ron we're on a time. Stroman, I think should, time. should have one time. at some point. You know, Ron when, when he had, had one. With Brock, I thought he was going to be the one to take it off of Brock. I think Braun that would have still had the title really well. a year ago. Yeah. He should have had it a year ago. Yep. Um, now, no, not yep. right now. No, not right now. They got to build him up again. Awesome. Jacob, thank you very much for the question there. Uh, Esme Standin Bear says, bang, a time machine. Bang, bang. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch bang, into bang. voiceover mode real quick. Bang, a time bang. machine appears in front of you, and a mythical being informs you that you may go back in time and alter Ooh. the outcomes of any match. In any promotion, what match do you choose, and how might it have affected the outcome of future events? Ooh. Mm. Um, Abraham Lincoln wins his match with the bullet. <laughs> oh, what? Damn. Ouch. Um, no, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's that's uh, dark, dude. Also, the outcome Shit. of any match in any promotion? Um... I mean, I could be obvious and say Booker T beats Triple H back in 03. Um, I believe it was 03. Uh, that's a little obvious. I'd kind of, I'm tr- oh man, that, that, geez, that is a tough one. Do you have one off the top of your head there, Nick? You've Montreal Screwjob is kind of the obvious one. No, no, I'd, I wouldn't want to change that at all. Really? We got, oh, hell no. We got, dude, we got heel Vince McMahon because of that. That's true. You, you ruin true. everything in the Attitude Era if you, if you take away the Montreal Screwjob. Montreal totally Screwjob has to happen. Totally fair. That has to happen. Um, um, I'm just trying to think of one where like someone was just ruthlessly buried uh, and it and it was just horrible in the future for them. I mean, Andre beats Hogan at CM, WrestleMania three. CM Punk loses to Triple H. That was a bad one. Um, yeah, uh, I'd really have to think about that one. Yeah, that's Man. that's deep as hell, dude. That's that, a oh, listeners for the record. We keep these. Y'all killing us this week. This we, is awesome. We keep these because these are all kind of perfect setups for bonus episodes for for you patrons. So Man. you're kind of doing maybe double should, duty here. Thank you very much for these. Maybe we should, Nick, we should start like a list of questions that stumped us or made us think really hard. And we want like, like a second chance question. Like a stump list. the chump. Yeah. 
you know, like like questions that made us go, damn, I wish I had more time. Because this is kind of like a light, like a like a you know quiz show where pop pop pop, you got to get it real quick. Yep. And this is one I really would like to spend time with and marinate on. Like, damn, because I know there's. I'm gonna a, be thinking about I it all weekend. One. Yeah, this is gonna. I'm, this is gonna. Be, I'm gonna be like. At work trying to pour drinks, people are going to be like, I asked for a vodka soda. I'll be like, I'm sorry, man. I was thinking about which match I'd want to have taken back again. <laughs> huh? Uh, what? What are What's you talking that? about? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, Desmond, thank tough. you very much for that one. Uh, we're going to earmark that's, that's that gonna, one. I want to come back to that that's, one. Yeah, well, let's do like a, maybe like a bonus show where it's where it's uh, second second chance questions. We're like, I want another shot at that question. Yep. This, is, this is definitely one of those ones. Awesome. Thank you very much for that one, Esme. And last but certainly not least, uh, Patrick. Uh, ask if Will Osprey was a free agent Osprey? and could Osprey? go to NXT, then possibly to the main roster or oh, AEW. Guy. Which mm. promote would you send him to NXT or AEW? AEW. Uh, would you like to see him sign with? Um, I was going to leave WWE main roster out of this because I don't trust Vince to do, but I do trust Heyman to fight for a talent such as Osprey. Uh, AEW every day. All day. AW, if he's got to leave New Japan. Right now, New Japan is doing such wonderful things with that boy, and there's a reason why he's having multiple match of the year candidates one after the other. I mean, thank God he's going to be able to take a break. Hopefully, he doesn't go on the destruction tour. Um, hopefully, he'll be, he'll be able to take a little bit of a break for a month or so and recover because he just went so damn hard this this spring, this winter and spring. Right after the New Japan Cup, too. And or some, well, he just like one after the other. Battle Super Juniors, New Japan Cup, and G1. No one's ever done that. I think maybe one other. No, I think no one's ever done that. Just wow. like that's that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous amount of effort. I, I'm actually part. kind of and happy to be he at, at the level he was at the entire time. Yeah, yeah. So so saying like send him to AEW or NXT. I'm like, no, don't. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? If he's got to go somewhere, I'd say AEW because they'd probably let him have the most creativity with himself. Yeah. Um, I think he'd shine in NXT, but I think that, you know, given what he's finding to do, I still think that would be a step backwards for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I know heaven forbid the main roster of WWE, they wouldn't know what they would Before this year, I would have said, yeah, AEW, but with the things that have happened this year in 2019 for Will Ospreay in New Japan, his moving to Japan, committing wholly to New Japan, Signing contract, all of that stuff happening for him this year, and then what happened at New Japan Cup and Battle of Super Juniors, and get you know proclaiming his entry into the G One at the end of after winning Battle of Super Junior. <sighs> Will Osprey ain't going nowhere for a long time. He's he's all in on New Japan, pun intended. Uh, he also asked us. Yeah. He's always said. By the that, way, and and real quick, real yeah. quick, the other reason I, I like I, even with AEW I hesitate is for the same reason I said Ricochet shouldn't go to AEW. Yeah, they have enough small flippy guys. Yeah, they don't need any more. They need more different guys. That's why I went with Samoa Joe. They need yeah. someone who stands out and is different. No, j- so, and they need a right, strong, strong promo too. And Jamo would just tear that place apart uh, in the uh, best way possible. And Osprey's getting better on the promo, but he's still not like a world ender like Joe is as on a promo. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, he said. Also, so excited to be part of the conversation now. Oh, f- another new patron. Welcome aboard, mm, Patrick. Thank uh, you. Thank so you much, guys dude. for doing all that you do. BWO is my number one podcast. Keep up the amazing. That's work. awesome. Thank you, man. Thank mm, you. Well, that's our show, guys. Thank you very much, patrons, for those questions. So good this week, guys. Really well done. Um, Those are are listener questions. It's not our show, Nick. Yeah, that that was awesome. No, no, that was just a listener question segment. (laughs) 
I know it felt like a whole show, just a listener question segment, because they were awesome this week. I, we could have done a whole extra show just on those. Yep. If you want to get in on some of those listener questions every single week, as well as the SummerSlam Pick'ems, make sure you head over to patreon.com slash BWO and sign up for that $5 tier, where every single week you can send in your questions. But Ian, we're not done yet. Oh, oh we're God. Almost, we're, we're landing the plane. But we've we're, got we're, just we're enough gonna... time for our other yeah. news lightning round. Beep, 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 right. beep, 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 Here we go. I can't believe this was relegated to other news, but Triple Mania, Triple A's Triple Mania was nuts. It was actually wildly entertaining if you watched it. Uh, it was a ton of fun. Uh, you, you didn't even have to know anybody, and you would have had a great time with it. And a lot of crazy stuff happened. For example, guess who is now their uh, Reina de las Reinas champion, their women's champion, Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard just beat Kara, Lady Shani, Taya, Taya, Valkyrie, Fabi Apache, Chick Tormenta, and uh, La Hiedra to become their new women's champion down wow. AAA. So nuts. Tessa um, Blanchard is on fire. We, oh, yeah, she is. They when dropped she looked, the ball big time with her when she was in the Mae Young Classic the first round. Just yeah, they let that yeah. one sneak away. I don't know if she was really Tessa then. She's really come around a lot in the last like year or two since then. That's true. Like she's she's just getting better and better. She's building her brand. She's going to come back and be huge. Trust me. Um, when that when when that happens, or when AEW finally signs her, uh, exactly. we had a three on three tag match. Get this: Texano Junior, Taurus, and Killer Cross versus Psycho Clown, who's like one of the biggest guys at AAA, Cody Rhodes, and Kane Velasquez. What? Cain Velasquez had his debut, his wrestling debut. And by the way, he was awesome. He was awesome. Like one of the most insane debuts I've ever seen. And this was, I mean, granted, he was protected in a tag match, but he was still great. He was fantastic. That, that was a tag match. And of course, Psycho Clown, Cody Rhodes, and Cain Velasquez won. But I mean, yeah, mind blown. Uh, we also had Laredo Kid, Pentagon Jr., and Phoenix teaming up to defeat Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And then Blue Damon Jr., Blue Damon Jr., who, by the way, oh. Blue Damon Jr., my boy, my boy, Blue Damon Jr., uh, he, uh, he defeated Dr. Wagner in a mask versus hair match. And so, yes, Dr. Wagner got shaved and then announced he would be retiring. Oh. Not right away. Everyone thought he meant right away. He's gonna t- he's gonna do like the uh, the Jushin Thunder Liger thing. He's gonna take a year. He's gonna have like a goodbye tour. So that was a a bit of an emotional moment at the end I of Triple imagine. Mania. It was nuts. It did uh, two point six nine rating, one point six million viewers Damn, for Triple, Triple Mania. A. So I hear you. So yeah, it's not it's not a small deal, old Triple Mania, old Triple A. So good job, guys. This just in: uh, there's a lot of wrestling fans in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, you think? Well, and in the U.S. True. There you go. True. Uh, AEW's second episode of TV will be held at the Agonis. I'm gonna screw this up. Agonis Arena in Boston, Massachusetts, on October 9th, and the third episode will be at the Leacura Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They're going to Boston and Philly. The After DC show, After they're, do, they're DC. doing the the American History Tour. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, but uh, both Boston and Philly, uh, that's going to be some smart towns. Oh, that's yeah. going to be a hype audience. Oh yeah, uh, for both of those. Hopefully, Chicago at next. After that. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, their first show, as you said, Capital One Arena in Washington D.C. on October second has sold out nearly immediately. Not surprising, and they're going to be crowning their they're crowning their women's champion on that show. 
So they're they're coming out of the gates hot. Yes. Uh, PWG Battle of Los Angeles, which is a great place to see up and coming uh, future stars of wrestling and people who are like just about to leave the Indies. Even like that's just where you get some of the creme de la creme. Uh, they have announced most of their lineup for this year. The current lineup for the Bola, which is also a tournament style uh, three day event. They've got a kid who is majorly up and coming right now. Check out his match with Will Ospreay. Uh, A-Kid, Jonathan Gresham, Artemis Spencer, Darby Allen, Mick Moretti, Orange Cassidy, Bandito, Caveman Ugg, Jake Atlas, Tony Deppin, Phoenix, Lucky Kid, Joey Janela, Brody King, Barbaro Caronario, Jungle Boy, Black Taurus, Ray Horace, not surprising, David Starr, Laredo Kid, Jeff Cobb, their champ right now, uh, Dragon Lee, Pentagon Jr., and Daisuke Sekimoto. That's what, they've, that's what they've announced so far. That is stacked. I want to be back Nick. in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's stacked. That's oh, stacked. my God. So we'll see how much of that I can afford to go to see. Uh, NWA had a huge announcement this week, and that shows how big our show was. That we're, we're, we're at the hour and 15 mark or whatever it is now, and it's... We're just now announcing this, but they've announced they're going to have TV tapings too this fall, Nick. Starting in October as well. Starting in October, of course. SmackDown's going to Fox, AEW tapings come online, and now we've got NWA coming on as well with TV stuff. We are in a renaissance, like a new golden era of professional wrestling. There's a giant tidal wave. It's just waiting to crash back in the mainstream. I can feel it, and this is another example of people jumping on this wave. NWA also going to be getting some TV going. They have not announced where it will be shown or anything, but... They're slowly building back up. They're getting more and more big stars aligned with them. They just flipped the of honor. Way to go, man. Yeah, he's, he's taking the long road on this. He's, t- he's slowly building it. I think he's doing it smart. Uh, Kira Hogan has re-signed with Impact Wrestling. Good for her. Uh, there was a picture that was shown online this week of Ka- Big Cass, formerly Big Cass, now Kaz XL. Uh, he's on the indies. Remember how he used to be a little chunky, a little bit thick, uh, yeah. little, like, little, little like nice, nice thick lipid layer on him? Not anymore. Dude is jacked now. Look for this picture on, on Twitter. Uh, Enzo, I think, posted a picture of like a before and after of him. He's got like fully defined abs. He is shredded and like huge. He's terrifying. If he was in this kind of shape in WWE, Vince couldn't have let him go, even if he did kick a midget one too many times. So absolutely insane. Uh, a couple of bit, bit of injury news. Bobby Lashley, what reason you haven't heard of him? He's having elbow surgery. He actually had elbow surgery. He'll be out till November. Uh, gone till November. He'll be gone till November. Uh, sorry about that. Ruby Riot, had her, you're welcome. Had her second her second shoulder surgery. Second shoulder shoulder surgery. Miss Money Penny. Uh, Ruby Riot, second shoulder surgery. So sorry, Nick. Despite the fact that she was like the major star of your booking, uh, she in real life, in real life, she's out for a while. Uh, Rachel Evers, also you remember, may remember her from the May Young Classic. She tore her ACL at a house show, NXT house show. She has had surgery. She's going to be out for a while as well. Uh, if you heard us talking about Lucha Underground and how great the first few seasons were, because they were some of the best wrestling you'll ever see, and people, tons of people that are now major stars in other promotions, uh, and you want to watch it and never got a chance to, if you can get onto TubiTV.com, T-U-B-I-T-V.com, they have all four seasons streaming now for free. Oof. So check that out if you can. Uh, Joe Hendre. Smells like desperation. Anyway, uh, go ahead. Oh, dang, dude. Uh, Joe Hendre, the uh, prestigious Joe Hendre, 
you may know him from his work with uh, with uh, I, with Insane Championship Wrestling or What Culture Pro or Defiant Wrestling, where he had a feud with uh, Drew Galloway, now Drew McIntyre. Well, Drew Hendry just signed with Ring of Honor. He is a free agent no longer, which is particularly intriguing if you remember what a great feud he had with Marty Skrull, who was also with Ring of Honor. Mm. So I like the fact that Joe Hendry is going to Ring of Honor. That's delicious. Uh, so keep an eye out for him to show up there. A um, couple more quick things. Audio Studio 2 at WWE Studios has been renamed the Mean Gene Okerlund Studio in honor of the man. In my opinion, they should rename every studio the Mean Gene Studio mm. if you really want to do honor to the dude. And finally, finally, this one hurts me, Nick. But uh, in an interview with GQ, Finn Balor said he does absolutely zero cardio and like all he does every all he ever does is like work out for an hour at a time and like maybe he'll get on a bike for six minutes just to kind of get himself in the zone to work out does does he eat like a tiny bite of steak a day because that like even that he says every once in a while he says every once in a while he'll eat like a little bit of like red meat or something but mostly he's having like veggies and and fruits um and uh let me actually like he's he's trained himself i'm gonna quote him here uh i look at a bowl of breakfast cereal or a bowl of rice and i see dog crap i've trained my brain to recognize that as not food so i keep it very high protein a lot of veggies and pretty high fats as well uh most of his fats come from avocados walnuts and almonds nut butter has been his best friend on the road especially for snacking on he keeps a tub of almond butter in his bag at all times he's recently added acai bowls into the regiment and those are even high carbohydrates for him but it's got a lot of fiber a lot of vitamins and nutrients in there that he wouldn't normally get from meat Mm. so finn balor proof that no matter how hard you work out at the end of the day it just comes down to genetics it just comes down to diet let's be and i'm gonna well diet diet is arguably more important than exercise and working out diet and genetics yep but yeah so uh yeah look yourself in the mirror and, and just be like don't worry you could never be Finn Balor because it's <laughs> zero cardio. Son of a bitch. It would Utter take a long bastard. time to get there. Good Lord. So, And that is the news, sir. Well, thank you very much, sir, Ian Dangerous, and thank all of you for joining us, but that's our show. We have got a weekend chock full oh, of God. exciting interactive entertainment lined up for you surrounding the G1 takeover on Saturday, uh, SummerSlam on Sunday, all, oh, you've got the Ring of Honor card happening this weekend as well. All kinds of good stuff. We're going to have live chats in the Facebook discussion groups for both TakeOver and SummerSlam, as well as watch parties for the pre-show. But you got to be in the Busted Wide Open discussion group, so come on over there and make sure you're in that group on Facebook. We will let you in, I promise. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, doing some really fun stuff. Hoping to do a lot on Instagram this weekend as well to really bump that up. So be sure you're following us over there. Uh, last but certainly not least, patrons. Love you guys. Thank you very much for giving us a little bit of your hard-earned money every mm. single month to uh, to help us go forward. But uh, we, we, don't forget, I think we're up around 37 right now is the number. If When we get to 50... We have our next challenge. We, Nick oh, has to do the Nia Jax dubstep yeah. ringtone, okay? Uh, I'm not looking okay. forward to that okay. one, but uh, okay. you guys have the challenge, and you have the encouragement to sign up to be a part of the SummerSlam Pick'ems. 
patron pickums this weekend. So make sure you're in it at least that five dollar tier to participate and be eligible for the prizes. No cash, no cash, but just prizes. Uh, yes. lots of good stuff. Delicious, delicious, unique prizes that uh, that we will be announcing, including as- including we have a prize for whoever comes in last too. Yes. So whoever, whoever gets, you have to get zero points. You have to just completely blow the whole thing to get this prize. Well, it's not zero points, but you have to come in dead last? last. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just dead, I, thought, I think just there should be, be dead last. I thought this would be something for zero points. <laughs> there should be something for that, too. Maybe we'll discuss that if that whip <laughs> and when that actually happens. If somebody calls yeah, no point. matches right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Don't forget about the Glean giveaway. If you're not signed up for that, it's free merch, and we're going to be doing it every single month going forward to get you $50 worth of free swag from the Busted Wide Open podcast. T-shirts, stickers, mugs, cups, all kinds of good stuff. We're going to switch it up every single month to keep things interesting, but be sure you are signed up there. You can find that at the top of the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Uh, Let's see, what else? Oh, my God, there's so much going on this weekend. It's hard to keep up with everything, but I think that is all. Guys, thank you very much for hanging out with us. We'll be back on Monday with our recap show for that. Yes, Because the weekend's so big. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, lots of stuff to recap at the beginning. Nick, of should week. I should I remind them about the YouTube thing? Because I I mean, yeah, I don't really want to sing, but I also I really do want the YouTube subscribers. <laughs> Guys, we are sitting right now at 250 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, we've had a. It's been this month marks a year since we went live on YouTube. If you don't count the time when Nick was relocating across the country. Um, but yes, we started uh, last year in August, and then we had a little bit of a downturn right after because I had to move. But we're back live on YouTube. I'm building the brand new stream rig this weekend, so these streams yeah. are getting ready to get pretty fun. Uh, get, rid of, so get rid of those, uh, those technological difficulties. Don't forget about the challenge of being subscribed on YouTube. We need to get to 1,000 subscribers by the time SmackDown airs on Fox on October 4th. If you can do that, Sir Ian Dangerous is going to sing, sing Tai Chi's entrance theme song at karaoke in front of an audience yeah. and record it live to go on YouTube forever. For, for, forever, ever. And to double down on that, I think we can get it done by the end of August. So in addition to Sir Ian well, Dangerous... I especially think that. I especially think that because of what's going to happen if we do get it done by the end of August, which is... Yes, I will. In, in addition to Surrey and Danger singing Tai Chi's theme song, Nick will also sing Nia yes. Jax's yes. theme song at karaoke and record it uh. and post it on YouTube mm. forever. Ah, uh. oh, delicious! It's all, the, the, the gauntlet thrown down, guys. You guys, we've gotten almost fifty new subscribers just in the last week since we launched all of this new stuff. Uh, we are gonna, we're going to humiliate ourselves for you. You got 56 days is what I'm looking at right now. For those of you live, you can see it on the screen. Uh, that math doesn't add up. We're going to have to step up the game quite a bit to get to 1,000 by October 4th. But I know we can do it, and I believe you that you can even get it done by the end of August. So help us out. Spread the word. Sign up for the giveaways. Get everybody you can in here because I want to see Surrey and Dangerous sing Taishi's theme song at karaoke but i'm nick howell you can that. find me on twitter at data center dude and i am sir ian dangerous you can find me on twitter at sir ian dangerous but by god would somebody stop the damn match this show is part of the orbital jigsaw network for more episodes subscribe to us on itunes google play or stitcher radio for details and show notes from each episode check us out orbitaljigsaw.com